Welcome to Game Face, episode 155 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. Thanks to everybody who's on the stream already. I'm sure a bunch more will join eventually. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, we'd really appreciate it if you could help us out on our Patreon at patreon.com sifted. Even a dollar a month can make a big difference for us. We'd really appreciate it. If you can't do that, you can always help us out for free with Twitch Prime. You just link your accounts. You can give us a free $2.50 every month. It would make a world of difference for us. So please, please, please consider it. It literally takes a couple minutes, uh, and we'd really appreciate it. So here we are. We have a big show full of big games in January. Yep. That's pretty freaking awesome and pretty rare. Usually in January, like we're scraping by doing like 2019 previews of all the publishers and the platforms. We didn't have to do that this year. No. There's actually been games and content. There's, a, there's also a history of, you know, high-end Resident Evil games coming out in January. Is that true? Yeah, well, Resident Evil 4 came out then. Yeah. But are there any others? Not really. That's uh, the only, but that's other, the, that's one the only that thing I care the about. So. <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about Resident Evil 2. Uh, one of the things we should get to beforehand, I wanted to bring up, it's not an official topic in the show, but as I was getting ready to come over here to Matt's house, I was kind of looking at the comments on Sifted on a story about and we talked about this last week so i don't want to talk about it too long but essentially another big third party game has jumped ship from steam to go over to epic game store yeah, i don't know if i call it metro yeah, exodus is it's, it's a high profile I, I hate the the phrase triple a game I'm, i usually say big budget game but i only hate it because of jim sterling so. oh why why is that because every time he says he says triple a oh. so that's just what i hear <laughs> When someone says that, and someone says AAA, and in my head I just hear Jim Sterling go, AAA! It's like, funny. Which I think is his, is his intention. I oh, think he's doing it on purpose. Oh, no, because he, he, he wants to make fun of us. So that's just every time he says that phrase, that's yeah. what he says. But it's gotten in my head, and now that's just... I have like a little translator program in my head that turns... Any, anytime someone says it normally, they translate it into like Jim Sterling version. And I'm saying, well, that's there forever. Well, I, I do think most people would consider Metro Exodus a AAA game. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I mean, budgetarily, yeah. Yeah, um, and it is jump ship to Epic Game Store, and it's a smallish team for a AAA game. But. Yeah, and 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 I, at first, a lot of the comments are like pro Valve, pro Steam. Um, I'm shocked at how many fanboys there are for Steam. Yeah, I mean, people have their library on Steam, and they like to. They don't like change. Yeah. So. They made look. They made some good points. My my point is through this whole thing, whether we're talking about this game or the Division Two. It's that it's going to reset the market. It's going to force Valve to drop its percentage cut that it takes, and then we'll have equal footing. And I think all those publishers and games will go right back to Steam once that's done. But people in the comments did make a good point, and that is they are invested in the Steam platform. Mm -hmm. And when you buy a game on Steam, there's accoutrements that come along with that. Basically how the game is integrated into Steam. You don't get that on Epic Game Store. So people are saying, look, I'm is a that a game store just to download the game and run it, basically? Pretty much. Like, there's no, like, front-end, really. No, they don't have, like, user reviews. Mm -hmm. Honestly, they, they didn't include a lot of the stuff that Steam has had problems with. Like, Steam has wrestled mm -hmm. with its user reviews for years. It's changed it, like, four or five different times. It's still not perfect. So it lacks a lot of the uh, periphery stuff that Steam has. And people are like, look, as a consumer, I'm just going to spend $60 on a game. I'm gonna, either I'm going to spend it here or I'm going to spend it there. 
I would rather spend it at the place where I get the extra services wrapped around that game instead of someplace where I just get the game. So I can understand that. If you don't really care about developers, you don't care about the market, you just care about, hey, I wanna get the most I can out of my $60 purchase, I, I get that, I can mm. understand that. That's not my perspective because we've obviously worked in the industry, we know the people that make the games, we know that they're actual people that need money to survive. And so probably for, for us, we have the angle of, hey, this is an injustice that's in that's been befalling and i don't i don't feel too bad for the big publishers getting a 30 percent cut taken out it's mm -hmm. wrong i think but i don't feel terrible because they're still making tons of money the guys i feel bad for are the indie guys the guys who make yeah. the b-level games the indie games where 30 percent that's like their whole profit yeah. margin well, especially when you consider that like for most of the major publishers the pc version is is gravy like right. their, yeah. their money comes from the console versions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like the indie people who have to make their games on PC and that's where the, the grassroots movement starts, they're the ones that are getting screwed by that cut. And frankly, whether you like the Epic Game Store or not, um, some kind of competition that Valve has to pay attention to is good. Well, we uh, saw Valve's statement yesterday where it was that like, it's not this fair. is yeah, it's not right. <laughs> Okay. That was so rich. Really? That's a real convincing argument coming from the 800-pound gorilla. A, that's a yeah, really interesting like, comment coming from a monopoly. Yeah. It's unfair. Uh, so even just that, <laughs> I don't know how you can see Did that. Did Jim Sterling do a video about that line? Because that's got to be coming, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. He, well, his, his episode this week was Kingdom Hearts 3. Right. Which I thought was excellent. I thought it was one of his better episodes. But... Uh, but anyway, it, it seems like this is something that's going to keep happening. It, more publishers are going to keep seeing going over. It's thirty percent. That's mm. so much money. And when you talk about, you know, generally PC sales aren't that big. You lose thirty percent of that little piece. It, at a certain point, you start to wonder whether you should even be bothering. Yeah. I mean, it helps that games basically are developed on PC, and then mm. through the middleware is kind of disseminated out to the, the other platforms. So you kind of are building a PC version by default in most cases. So um, I don't know if they would ever say, well, it's even worth releasing a PC version because they're not really spending any extra money to make the PC version in the first place. Uh, but they could get to a place where they're like, this hassle isn't worth it. We're making X amount of dollars on the PC version. Uh, I just think in general, competition is always good, always. And Valve being allowed to live as this monopoly, it was a monopoly, for all this time, it's never good. It doesn't matter how cool Gaben is, or how cool the company is, or how cool the company's culture is, it's bad for the market. And I believe if these publishers keep jumping ship over to Epic Game Store, they will reset the market. And maybe Steam doesn't come down to 12% or 8% like Discord is talking about, but maybe they come down to like 15, 18 or something mm -hmm. like that, and something a little more manageable for... Something, I mean, you can still argue that like, you know, you're paying a premium for the privilege of having your game on, you know, the, the leader. Right, and I'm you know, okay the with them leader. charging a little more than the other A guys. lot more eyeballs are going to find your game Absolutely. on this service. Yeah. But yeah, bringing it down from 30% is probably inevitable at this point. Yeah. And it wouldn't happen. be happening if it without for the Epic Store. EGS, yep. So there you go. Just wanted to touch on that really quickly. Again, we talked about it last week more in depth, but it, this is a breaking story that keeps breaking because we get new, new, new news related to it every single week. So there you go. Let's get mm -hmm. on with the show proper. We're going to kick things off with Resident Evil 2. Stars. <laughs> That's the next one. <laughs> 
So before we start talking about Which it, they said might happen. So. What might happen? Resident Evil Three remake. Yeah. They said if the if the if the demand is there, they'll. I'm like I think, the, I think the demand is there. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Guys. Absolutely. So before we get started on our discussion, how much have you played of it? Uh, I'm at the end of Leon's. Okay. So you haven't campaign. started again and started I, playing. I haven't played this the. the yeah, the second... The, the, I haven't played the part of the game IGN missed. Um, <laughs> you know what? I didn't even know about that. Vin, <laughs> Vincent told me about that. Oh, that's funny. That is so sad. Yeah, well... So for those of you who don't know, IGN's review of the Resident Evil 2 remake, and correct me if I'm wrong, I want to make sure I get this right, mm -hmm. the editor who wrote the review just assumed that the Claire campaign was identical to Leon's? No, he picked the... It sounds like he picked the wrong option because when you finish the campaign it pops up a thing on the menu that basically says new second game, run new game second run and, and like um, if you if you read the text at the bottom of the screen it clearly says play from claire's perspective on you know during leon's story or whatever but if you just look at the menu it looks like maybe it's just new game plus play through as leon again with his and so he picked the other new game claire story so he just start you know because Whichever character you pick first, you go through the same story, the same story and same setting, pretty much, just with that other character and minor differences. Whereas, yeah, some of the differences are more than minor. Whereas the second, uh, you know, the second story, whatever, you start literally on the other side of the burning police car from the beginning of the game. You're playing parallel to the story you just played, and he didn't pick the right option for that. Uh, the, so. So you're mostly right. So when you finish Leon's campaign, there's two options to play as Claire. There's just play as Claire, which is what you mm -hmm. get when you first start. And that starts from the very beginning of the game, just like yeah. Leon. And, and you end up on that side of the police car and you wander straight into the police station like Leon did. Yep. Like that's basically it's that roughly that same first encounter story with Claire instead. Yep. And then if you play what's called the second run, mm -hmm. then you start at that scene where they meet at the gate. Right. And that's where Claire's picks up. Um, so Which, like, if you played the original, you know that that's disc two. Right. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's just the same story from Claire's perspective or from the perspective of the character you didn't pick. Right. Um, and then if you play as Leon, I'm sure you discover this, there's rooms that you never can get into. Yeah. There's a heart key that yeah, you, you never get the one You never key. get as, as Leon. In... You never get one, one this particular the revolver. Yep. Which is, yeah, which the is weapons Claire, are which completely Claire's different. Major gun. The weapons are completely different. Like you get mm -hmm. an SMG as Claire. Like mm -hmm. you never get anything like that with Leon. Um, so I would recommend when you finish up with Leon, it's worth it to play as Claire. It's yeah. very rare that games are that do this make it worth it to play. Well, I mean, I knew about it because I played the original game. Like I know, yeah. you, you know, you're, once you finish the campaign with the one character, you're only halfway done. Yep. And the boss, there's a, I think, maybe just one boss fight that's different. They yeah. swap. Yeah, well, the, and like, well, I mean, the tyrant's behavior in the second scenario is completely different from the first. Like, he's just sort of stalking you around the halls in the, fir in the first, but the second one, he's just ripping the environment up trying to get you. Like, yeah. which is one of the only, like, one of the, one of those uh, from the original PlayStation 1 game is one of the only effect, what I found to be only the only effective jump scares in the history of horror games for me. Like, one of the times he does that and breaks through, because it's like one of the times when like you you kind of get away from him repeatedly through the series, and usually you have like a good like twenty minutes or so before you have to deal with him again. And one time you've been lucky if that's and, your case and one for time you. well no because it's all plant it's all scripted in the original. No, he follows you. Are oh, you talking about the I'm original? I'm talking about the game. original. Oh okay okay. 
Yeah. I already said I haven't played this one. Oh, right. I haven't played her part in this one. But, but like, Mr. X is in Leon's campaign. Yeah, but he just sort of wanders around and no, follows no. you. Yeah, he follows you. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like that was part of the original. But in in Claire's campaign, the second scenario, he's actively chasing you and like destroying the environment to get to you. Yeah. Whereas in, in Leon's campaign, he's very politely opening doors before he comes to chase you. And like one of the well, times, he smashes through them. But one yeah. of the time, well, he opens them hard, but he's not destroying it's the scary environment when he comes through a door. Um, and you just hear him thumping around. But like uh, in the, the sound design in this game is amazing. In the PS One, uh, you know, he there's one point where you run, you get away from him, and then he immediately smashes through the wall as you think you right. got away, and he's right there again. And that was the one time that like, there's like four times in the history of my life when the horror game scared me, and that was one of the times. Did you notice that they use that scenario though in the prison cell scene? I think that was kind of a nod to that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he does that in Claire's the second Maybe. scenario. The games aren't like one-to-one replications. They're pretty close, They're closer though. than like, I, I thought they I be. recognize all the major locations. I remember, you know, as I played, because I haven't played the original Resident Evil 2 probably in 20 years I haven't almost. played it since I reviewed it. Yeah, so not, <laughs> certainly not this century. And like, yeah. every once in a while I'm like, oh, that, yeah, it's, it's like weird. That's like, oh, I remember that room under the staircase. I remember, it's like, yeah. it's like weird little things that shouldn't be memorable but were. Yeah, it's That's really good. weird. It's, it's the only tank control Resident Evil game I like, uh, is the original Resident I Evil mean, 2. I mean, I think generally most people consider of the old Resident Evils RE2 to be the best. I would think so. I, yeah. I think that would probably be the consensus pick for most people. Yeah. For a while, I I liked Code Veronica because it was full 3D and a little less locked down. But going back. going back to those on the <laughs> Xbox 360, like oh, oh no, oh it Code may be Veronica's one of the worst Resident good. Evils actually. Yeah. Like we should probably just. I think Zero that is the worst. Zero is not good. No. I never played too much of Zero. I was I was out of it by the time Zero. I, I finished out. it. It was hard for me to finish it. And I've never said that about a Resident Evil game. Mm. Um, just the setting on the train. It just yeah. Uh, the characters aren't that compelling. No, either. yeah, and the characters are these bit people who really mm. don't have a major role in the overall plot of the series. But let's talk about the RE2 remake. You like it, Matt? Uh, hang on. Can I fix the mic. There we go. Uh, I do. Um, I liked it early on more than I do now. Like, it kind of degenerated into the standard survival horror. Well, I can't shoot. I don't have enough ammo to kill things, and the fast stuff is too fast to aim at, so I'm just going to run around it. And, like, so, like, the last, like, couple, like, major sections have just been, like, I'm just going to run around stuff. And, like, I find that kind of dull, but, like, it's... I prefer the... Res I, I still... I don't think it's as good as Resident Evil 4. Um, I think Resident oh, I would agree with that a million percent. I think Resident Evil 4 is still the most satisfying Resident Evil Oh, I, I'd agree with that a thousand percent. Um, but I think this is a great, like, reimagine. It, it, I mean, this is the way to take... This is the way to remake a game, frankly. Uh -huh. um, not just Resident Evil. Like, just, like, because it's very... It, when you're playing this game, it still feels like the original Resident Evil stuff. Well, enough that you, like, recognize what you're playing. You know what you're playing, even if somebody just dropped it in your hands and said, what are you playing? And you're like, well, I'm playing... This is Resident Evil. It's clearly, clearly Resident Evil. Um... And I recognize that, like you know, the 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 lack of ammo and the and the the need to avoid more than confront is you know part of the survival horror thing. It's just not a thing about survival horror I've ever found interesting or compelling. Uh, uh, so it's it's kind of bogging down for me uh, in the last the last kind of third uh, right now. But it's gorgeous and it's like a great re reworking of of what I think is still the best Resin Re classic Resident Evil game, and. Uh, I think like the way they've redone the character. Here's the most important part to me. 
is they've not just remade the game in terms of gameplay and kind of the scenarios and the boss battle. They've retold this story with modern production value and uh, and this is relevant to another game we'll talk about later in the show. Modern production value, like top level professional voice acting, top level sound editing. Like this plays out like, you know, because the, the original... The audio in this game is the, amazing. The original game was trying to kind of, you know, sort of create that sort of cheesy B-horror movie thing. This game is not. This game is trying to do a modern horror picture that, you know, is trying to take it more or less seriously, although not constantly seriously. Yeah, but there's like, some levity. It, you know, Resident Evil 2 was sort of emblematic of the horror genre of the time, and this is emblematic of the horror genre of our time, where horror is kind of going through this renaissance. Yeah. Um, and I pr- appreciate that they were able to take this game and make it into something that, to be like bluntly honest, is not embarrassing. Yeah. The, the voice acting <laughs> is not bad. Like, I think it's pretty in- good. Intentionally or not. You know, it's very good. Uh, the story isn't like, you know, the story still goes into the weird T-virus stuff, but it like, you know, it, it, it plays it pretty straight, but it makes it work more or less. Like, it's not like, you know, it's using modern production values and still re- retaining its identity, and I really like that. I think that is like, the, uh, Capcom's really, really pulled off something that I think I might have thought was impossible with yeah. this, where they, they remade this game from the ground up, but they made it still feel like itself, but they also updated it for, you know, what we expect from a, from a cinematic production 20 years later without losing that identity. And I think that is an amazing achievement. Like, what, you know, whatever I might think of, of how survival horror works, you know, I, I, I have my own issues with that, but I got no complaint. You know, all the complaints I have about this game are just my own foibles about what I do and don't like about horror games. I think this is a phenomenal piece of work. I mean, it, I think it still has issues. Um, it's interesting the things that Capcom chose to include from the old games and chose not to include. And I think for the most part, it does a really good job. But then there are things to me that should have been updated. Uh, for instance, inventory management. It's to me, it's still a disaster, and it makes no sense. Like you can't pick up something off the say you pick up ammo off the ground and your gun is empty. You can't combine those bullets <laughs> with, with your gun. gun. You have to have an empty slot I in your like inventory. I feel like you could do that in the old ones. No, it, no, you couldn't. But RE4 allowed you to. They eventually mm. changed it, but they went back to that old style here. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't... That's... That is incredibly annoying. Like you, I did run out of ammo a couple times. One time, I ran out against a boss. And basically, mm. what I had to do was just become the master of that boss fight. And basically beat it with as minimal amount of shells as possible. And I don't mind that so much. Because it, it makes you get better at the game. The inventory stuff is just dumb, archaic... It's a, an archaic hangover from the early days where they didn't have the technology to make games the way that they do now. And I just don't see any reason why the inventory management stuff is well, still the same That's the way. one place I think that they sort of, uh, they sort of bowed down to what people insist on clinging to in terms of this subgenre. Um, that like the, that the annoying inventory is sort of part of survival horror. Um, I've always found it irritating. It's um, just dumb. It's just like, why does the key take up the same amount of space as like a giant box right and it's like yeah. yeah i do appreciate that they you know they've they made it a little more user-friendly in that um 
you can uh, like map. It, it, well, the map, but it also that's the big difference. Well, it also marks um, like when you've used a key up. Yep. You know, it, it, it tells that you you don't that, need it and anymore. And then you can get rid of it because yeah. back in you know, old games, you had to find a, a, a chest and like throw it in there, and it would just sit in the storage, uh, you know, the item box for the rest of the game. Because no you way. wouldn't know whether you needed to use it again. Well, there's no way to get rid of it. Right. You know, so um, so that's that's a step up. I don't the inventory stuff hasn't bothered me too much. Like um, part of it, oh, partly man. because like I remember it's when I need this lot. and when I don't need this. And also, like, just the fact that the, the inventory stuff is, like, mildly annoying. <laughs> just, just slicing and dicing that No, this guy. is me making what a point he... that you never know whether they're dead or not. And, um, <laughs> like, it just it made, like, the inventory upgrades, like, so satisfying. Like, you know, it, it was, it was uh, a couple times, like, my, my entire goal and mindset was to get that fucking hip pouch. You know, right, when yeah, I, I'm yeah. like, oh, is a hip pouch and a lock thing? That's what we're doing now, you know. Like, <laughs> um, so I, I kind of dig that, but it, you know, I, just like I liked, you know, the inventory expansion stuff in Resident Evil Four. That was always the best thing. Was like, now oh, I can carry all the things. Oh, I'm full up again, you know. Um, I had I, tons of problems with the inventory in this. At the last quarter of the game, I just constantly had to leave stuff behind mm -hmm. or make the hard decision of, okay, do I really need gunpowder now to make more bullets, right. or do I really need that herb? I mean, that's that's the genre. I mean, that's survival horror. Yeah, I guess my point is that it, we've moved past that over the last, like, decade. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we've moved past this, the lockdown camera angles, but there's people that complain this game doesn't have that, too. Oh, jeez. Um, or the tank controls or all the things, you know, all the things that were basically there because, you know, that's the best the PlayStation could do. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't like an aesthetic or technical, like, you know, gameplay design choice. It was like, this is the only way we can make this work. And if we can make it work better, we should. And so that's more or less what the philosophy was on this remake, which I really like. I think, uh, I think they struck a pretty decent balance on the annoying inventory versus, you know, letting you play with the inventory a little better. Um, could they go further with that? Like, yeah, the, like if you find bullets and your inventory is full and all the bullets will fit, in your gun, you should be able to just combine them with the gun. Yeah. You're right. Because um, the other th other things do, if I, you know, my inventory's full and I have gunpowder in my inventory and I find another gunpowder, I can combine it with that gunpowder and make bullets. Well, so, you can combine bullets with bullets. Right. You just can't combine the bullets with the gun. Which is weird. <laughs> it's, it makes no sense. Because that is actually how you used to be able to reload in the old games. Yeah. Because um, if you didn't want to <clears> waste, <throat> if you didn't, or usually it was like, I don't have the time to let him stand there and do the reload animation because the thing is going to kill me. You went in the inventory, combined the bullets with the gun, instant reload. Yeah. Um, that, that, I mean, that's a very specific problem. I mean, that's a thing they could patch, frankly, if they wanted to. They should. Because, um, yeah, they, 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 I have noticed it's, it, they're a little more forgiving about what you can combine when you pick it up if your stuff is full. Uh, I do think the boss battles are a little um, annoying, like I, I, you spend so much time trying to run around things that like whack at you when you can't see where they are. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a little trial and error to it in the sense it's like, okay, do what do I do here? Do I have to? Do I shoot him or do I run? Because like I don't want to waste bullets shooting. It's very him. rarely skill based. But like, yeah, yeah. And and then sometimes like, I've retried a couple of the boss battles a fair amount, and like it's been like, oh, this was this isn't working. I can't. You know, I've I've hit this guy so many times or like this, and oh, now I gotta run. And then like I get killed, and I try again, and it's like the third or fourth time. It's like bang, bang, bang. He's dead. Yeah. I'm like what happened? Did I? That's like, the, the that's variable the damage with is not showing like hit points on bosses. Well, you just don't know what is effective and what isn't. Yeah, I mean that's always been kind of. I mean, you, you're, it's shown effective like usually like with the with the big tyranty things like. 
if you're shooting them and like yellows popping out, you're doing good. But like, there seems to be such a variance on like how many shots the thing that how much damage yellow it's actually can doing. take. Yeah. And like, I don't find it to be that much of an issue with like the zombies because it's like, yeah, they're they're you know. Three, three hits to the head usually knocks them down enough to get through the room, and they're probably going to get up when you come back, but at least they're out of your way real quick. Right. Yeah, I use um, the stun technique. I just shoot them once in the head, they stagger, yeah. and I just run past them. And then sometimes if you, you know, if you run past them at full clip, you can usually get like Slide push around. at least one of them off you. before. I do think the game could use like a kick or a push or like some kind of one, one more defensive... Move or just being able be to nice. stomp the zombies' heads when they're down. Yeah, I mean, I mean, these are things that have been in Resident Evil for a long I mean, time. I mean, obviously, you can't. You know, Leon's a rookie. He can't. He can't suplex zombies yet. You don't learn that. <laughs> yeah. until, you don't learn that until you become a <laughs> lieutenant. Like we know that. Um, but I do miss kind of the thing of you know of Resident Evil Four. You just shoot him. You shoot him in the knee, and then you can do like a little like QTE thing to right. like get around them, or like that's a way to, to stall them or whatever. Yeah. Um, because it's, yeah, I don't know. You can't think too logically about zombie shit. Right. Because it's, just like, <laughs> it's, it's like, illogical At a beginning. certain point, if I shoot you in the leg enough, your knee is gone, and you can't walk anymore. Well, and it's like, also ridiculous. Sometimes you shoot a zombie in the head 12 or 15 times. It's like at that point, and they're still walking around, it's like at that point, their head is full of lead. There's no brain left in there. It's all lead. Uh, but I will say this. Like, you know, I kind of criticize some of the things they haven't changed. We talked about the map earlier. To me, that is the biggest difference, the biggest change. Mm. Because as I honestly can't remember looking at the map in the old games hardly at all. Like it was so useless. It was useless. In this game, it makes a world. I've finished this game in probably half the time I did the original Resident Evil. Mm. Because you're not just aimlessly wandering around the police station trying to figure out, hey, I have this new key, where can I use it? And what would happen mm. is you wander around, you get mixed up with zombies and get killed. In this game, you can look at the map. It'll show you every door and tell you the exact key you need to open it. So as soon as you get that new key, you just go to the map and just look, and it tells you exactly where to go. Um, and that, in conjunction with the way towards the end of the game, the whole police station is unlocked anyway, and you can get places really quickly. Like, I finished off this game way more quickly. And then playing through it the second time with Claire, I cut the time that I played with Leon down another, like, third. Because I... My memory was refreshed. I knew where to go. I knew what to do. Um, I think what struck me when I first started playing it and kind of had opened up the whole mansion is how small the level, the world, the world is, the game world. I mean, most games, an environment of this size is just one level. It's just one thing you have to accomplish. This is the whole game. Mm -hmm. It's strange to play a game where you go through the same environment so many times. Like I did a stream for Claire on Sunday night. And I just, I know the whole game now. Like, I know where to go to do everything. I know where everything is. it's more of an unfolding is. puzzle box. Right. And once you've unfolded it once, it's very easy to just repeat yeah. that process again. But that's like, you know, the game does have built in, like, you know, how fast can you do it. Yep. Like, you know, yeah, the, it, it rates you on the, how well you play. Yeah. And the achievements are about, you know, there's like an achievement for taking less than 14,000 steps. There's an achievement yeah. for never using healing items. Right. There's an achievement, you know, it's, it, there's, there's a bunch of crazy They challenge stuff. you to play yeah. well, basically, and master the game. Yeah. Become the master of unlocking. And, yeah, well, <laughs> she's not in this one yet. No, but. but you definitely do that in this game. You're unlocking a whole lot of crap. What do you, how do you feel about the production values? It's great. Like, pretty much top notch. Like, uh, you know, they've, they've taken, like I said, they, they keep, uh, they keep the, the flavor, they keep the, the atmosphere, but they, you know, they they jazz it up to the point that it's 
it feels modern. You know, this feels like a game that wasn't a remake. It feels like a game, a game that could have been made today. Yeah. Um, and there's you know, little things that they they they, tr- they you know they trick out like you're seeing uh, uh, the uh, the tyrant uh, ch- you know chase chase Ada here, but like you know the tyrant always just sort of walked you know stomped through. Just sort of, but like this the animation on this guy. He's got kind of like this stride. He's terrifying. That has like I think a, he is absolutely like terrifying. Like it looks, it looks great. Like yeah. like when he's coming down the hall, you're like, oh, here he comes. You know, here, here comes Treble, kind of thing. Yeah. And um, it's he's it's, even wearing a little hat at the beginning. Sh- you, you get can, an you can, achievement you can shoot for shooting that the hat off. off. Yeah. yeah, I got a, that achievement for shooting it off. And it plays pretty fair. Like if he doesn't see you, he doesn't see you. Yeah. Um, he so he freaked. He, freaked yeah, he can out hear you, game. but like. It's, uh, I had a lot of fun, like, when he shows up and just is, like, kind of a presence in the, in the police station, I thought that was a lot of fun, like, running around trying to get around him or, like, trying yeah. to, trying to, like, figure out where he was so I could, because, because that's the right, that's exactly the point in the, in the, in the game where they start have, sending you back and forth kind of across the whole yeah. map yeah. to get stuff and bring it back, and so now you have to deal with him yeah. as, as yeah. well as all these other zombies if you haven't been smart about what windows you've boarded up. Yep. Um, which is which another, is another great, cool, cool that's a cool element to the game. And that that helped me at the end game. You're talking about how you were running around zombies at the end. Yeah. I had boarded up so many windows that, like, there were never any zombies. Yeah, I boarded up the wrong windows. That uh, was what happened. I, I, I boarded up a l- bunch of windows, but, it, like, I didn't board up the windows in that one hallway you run through all the time. Yeah, with, like, um, three windows in it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, just, I was out of... I, so I, I had two... I eventually boarded two of those up, but that still left one for, like, a couple guys to come through. So every time I came through that hallway, was there was like, at least two zombies in there. in there. Yeah. Um, and you just don't have the bullets to deal with that. No, you don't. Um, or, or even, like, with, the, you know, like the, like the frickin' dogs. Like, no, they're too they're fast. Worse, so, man. like, I just run around. Them, yeah. You want to know how I killed all the dogs? I used the door trick. So if you go into your aim pose mm-hmm. and go towards a door, you can crack the door open and shoot through the crack. I tried to do that a bit. It's not like, meant to do that. It's basically just like a yeah. I, it, I tried to do that, but exploit. they just did not cooperate. Uh, they were I, I was around. more. I would wait. I would wait until they ran around and stopped, and I could. I shot them through the door crack. <laughs> <laughs> I did it every time with the dogs because they were so annoying and hard to shoot. Um, the sound design in this game is amazing. It is so freaking good. I played this game a lot with headphones, but I played it a lot with my big surround sound system too. And Mr. X, when he walks around, like it is terrifying because the bass just gets louder and louder. And the first time I discovered him, like I started hearing these thumps and I'm like, what is that? I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, is the game glitching or something like that? And then he just blasted through the door and I was like, Holy crap! And then his footsteps were so loud that it started shaking the pictures on the walls of hmm. my apartment. The, the zombies, everything, and all the audio in this game is amazing. I think the voice acting is great. Um, and we'll talk about some voice acting again later on in the show that isn't quite mm-hmm. as good. And it, especially after playing this game, it stands as a stark contrast to it. Yeah, especially because you're talking about things, old things being brought into the modern day. Yeah, and this does it right. Yeah, and you, you have a choice to make, and Resident Evil 2 made the right choice. Absolutely. Um, and I, look, I feel like, I think I finished the Leon's campaign the first time in like seven and a half or eight hours. Yeah, I think, I'm, I think I, if I remember how much is about how much is left, um, I think I'm probably going to be 6.30, six oh, and wow. a half hours, something like that. You're doing real good. Um, I, like, for a couple things, like, clicked when I was, I was like, because, like, as I played it, it was it was a nice sort of like because I played Resident Evil Two the original probably four or five times. I liked I actually liked it a lot at the time. Yeah, me too. I just never yeah. really went back to it later. 
Um, and so as I'd play it, I was like, oh, right, then I got to do this and got to do that. And like, it's not the same. It's, you know, they it's change a, a lot different. of stuff. Yeah. But I, I rem it, it was reminiscent enough that I like kind of remembered what I needed to do as it happened. Um, and that was, that was, I'm like, oh, that's on the, that's over here. That's, and then the, and then the helicopter does that and I can't get yeah. through. So I got, and it was like, it's, it was, uh, it was really, it was like a very pleasant, it's probably the most pleasant, um, playing a remake of a thing I used to like I've ever had. Like, it's, it's a strange it's, word to use because it's Resident Evil. Right. It's but you're absolutely right. Like it is, it's a perfect IV drip of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And then immediate gratification. You get a reward. You do something, you get a reward. You know immediately where you need to take that reward to do something else. And it's just this chain that follows. Mm -hmm. And it's and periodically you're like, oh, that thing. Yeah, right. I remember that. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 it was good. And, and just like seeing kind of, you know, like... You understood what like the you know whatever the the doc I don't remember what the name of the doctor is when you know, the with all the Birkin Birkin is that the guy the, when you fight him the first time and he shows up and like you're like what the hell is that and like you I mean you could he's a you know the original PlayStation version is like yeah he's a monster okay he's a right. monster and he's got an eye on his shoulder and and, and you're like. But it was always kind of a vague sort of like... Oh, PlayStation 1 PlayStation blocky graphic. <laughs> and now you're like, oh, that's what he's supposed to look yeah. like. Yeah, that's pretty fucking terrifying, <laughs> isn't it? It's like, so it's like it was really nice to see all these old like designs like done justice to and modern. Yeah. And like you can you can screw that up real easy. Like yeah, you, can, you can You can change it too much. You can smooth it out too much. You can like, you know, modify it too much. But it really feels like they took all the stuff that worked in the original Resident Evil 2, which was like 98% of the game. Yeah. And just made it look like it was made today yeah and like i don't think it really loses anything in that translation i, I think agree. it's it only improves it yep so we we've talked about game length i do miss the safe room music though i don't know if i remember it you'd know it if you heard it like Probably. There's a, there's a, it's this music they play when you go in the safe room in the original resident evils it's like oh that one but there is an original music like D dlc thing option i just haven't used it yeah, bunch of DLC coming pretty soon for this as well. Yeah. Do you think it's worth buying that? I at do. sixty bucks. I do. I I if you like the old Resident Evil two. And I mean, look, I love this game, but I literally finished it in a day and a half. Like well, yeah, played but, through Leon's mm -hmm. and then played through Claire's. Well, now play through Claire and then play through Leon because that's different. I'm not gonna do and that. And then play it again and be better. <laughs> I mean, I can understand. Certain people will get a lot more value out of this than others. But for, also, for I, people who maybe just play stuff once, you're really looking at like 11 or 12 hours yeah, of well, entertainment. Well, that's about what you get these days. Uh, plus, you've got a second, you know, the, the flip-flop scenario if you want to play that again later. And I can I can definitely see myself replaying this a few times. Yeah. You know, like a once a year. Like, I, could, I could see myself playing this like around Halloween each year. It does kind of feel like the ultimate rental to me. And I know renting games isn't a thing like it used right. to be. There's still Most people still have red boxes nearby where they can rent games. But I think for a lot of people, this is like the best rental they ever had. Because mm -hmm. you can literally finish it in a day or two. You could even play through it like a third time in your rental period and be done with it. There's no multiplayer, so there's not sort of those legs. There is DLC coming. Um, I would buy it. I'm a huge horror fan, not just for games, but in film as well. I'm a huge, huge Resident Evil fan. I would have no regrets paying 60 bucks for this. Yeah. But I could see some people maybe after paying that money on a Friday and then they get the Sunday afternoon and they're like, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I am not a huge horror fan. I don't like survival horror and I like two Resident Evil games and I'm happy to have this on my shelf. Okay. Like, I... 
I will play it again. I think the production value and the quality is high enough that like it's worth experiencing again periodically. And I can feel the drive to be like, oh, I bet I could do that faster. Or I bet I could do that better. Or now that I know like, you know, what happens in that section, I bet I could go through that and do it on hardcore. Or so, you know, hardcore is a very different experience. Hardcore is a much yeah. more old school experience because you need the ink ribbons to save. And right. There's no autosave and things are much more difficult. Yeah, we didn't even um, mention that there's autosave in this now. Yeah. Um, pretty generous, pretty, too. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty generous. And then, like, if you, if you really aren't good at these games, easy gives you regen health to a certain Oh, degree. it does? Yeah, it's a certain level of regen health. Um, I don't think it's full health, but it's like you, you will never be... If you're in danger, I think it will regen you up to caution. Ah. I don't um, think the creatures will keep people from being able to finish this game. I think the ammo will keep people from being able to finish yeah. this game more than anything. Yeah, I think there's more ammo in, in Easy. I'm as well. sure there is, yeah. Because um, this is not like, like Resident Evil 4 gave you pretty much just enough ammo to kill everything yeah. for the most part. You weren't like scraping the, by or like having yeah. to run past enemies because you just didn't have any. This is, and part of this is because they escalate the enemies as you go. You know, yeah. eventually, at a certain point, look, it's not worth killing that liquor. Yeah. You know, like just find I a way around. I did start it. running from the liquors after a like, while. Like, Pump one shotgun around and knock it on its back and get away from it. Like I did get an achievement though because there were there's one hallway at the end of the game where there's three of them, and I just and they can't hear you. I don't know if right. people realize this, but liquors can't hear you. So if you walk slow enough, they don't even know you're there. And I just literally crept up to all <laughs> three of them and just rolled a grenade and killed three of them with one grenade blast. <laughs> And that was very satisfying. That's another word I would use to describe this game. Satisfying. Yeah. In a number of ways. Every shot you fire into a zombie is satisfying. Every time you complete something and get a new piece of the puzzle, it's satisfying. Um, It's just... I just enjoyed it. The sound uh, the door makes when you unlock it. Yeah, it is. It actually is. That's really funny. But you're right. Um, Yeah, I... Huge proponent for this game. I loved it. I am still loving it. I'm probably going to go through it maybe one more time. Another thing I would say about this game is I never go back to games with for DLC. I will for this one. Mm-hmm. I will go back and play this DLC. And I never play any DLC at all. Um, so it sounds like a buy recommendation from both of us I would say at this point. I've got no regrets having bought it. Yeah, but I think if you... And, and even if it is, you know, a little moderately short, like, I'll, I'll definitely play it again at some point. And, like, there's a point at which, like, you just want to reward this kind of work. Yeah. You know? Like because you want to see more of it. Yeah. And I'm up I'm up for I don't even like Resident Evil 3 all that much, but I'd be up for a remake in this style. Cuz again, cuz one of my favorite things in this turned out to be uh you know, the cat and mouse stuff with with Mr. X and Tyrant. Yeah. And that's pretty much what Nemesis is. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he said he follows you the whole game. All over the place. <laughs> the yeah. whole game. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see Warm how they work. Warm up that subwoofer. That. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's a good point. But, uh, yeah, Resident Evil 2 remake, uh, the reviews are legit. Yeah. They're accurate. I love that. I, he, Tyrant walks towards you just a little faster than you think he will. Oh, he's like, scary, it's, it's, man. He's it's just a little, like, he, he covers that distance just a like, smidgen quicker than you think he's going to. And yep. you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. That. Like, it's it's, it's great. I mentioned this during the stream on Sunday night, but I realize a lot of people probably haven't watched it. But one of the best moments for me was when he had first started following me, I was trying to figure out how I could dupe him. So mm. I was going up ladders, down ladders, upstairs, downstairs to see how quickly he could navigate that stuff. And I went into the library and I went up the stairs and then around the way and then went down the ladder. And I assumed what he was going to do was walk all the way over to the ladder 
not be able to go down the ladder and then have to walk all the way back to the stairs and go down the stairs and I was just going to pick him off and shoot him. I didn't realize at that point I couldn't kill him either. I didn't know if like they had changed it and maybe you could actually damage him in this one. And, and so I'm like, all right, I do the whole thing. I walk around to the edge. I go down the ladder and I'm standing at the bottom of the ladder and I'm looking up as he walks to the ladder up on like the higher level of the library. And I expect him to turn. No, dude, he jumps down. <laughs> he didn't climb down the ladder, Matt. He jumped. Yeah. And he jumped down. And when he landed, it landed with this gigantic thud and all this smoke comes flying up. And I was like, I literally said, holy shit, and ran away. <laughs> I was petrified. But that was like my litmus test for him to see what he could do, what he couldn't do. And then I ended up using that information throughout the rest of the game. But this, just so many memorable moments playing this. Um, I don't know if I can say I enjoyed it as much as the first time I played RE2, but it's pretty close. Yeah. And th when you think about the fact that I've experienced a lot of this stuff, albeit in a more crude form years ago, and still it had that impact on me, that's really impressive to me. Yeah. I mean, I still wouldn't say it's as satisfying as, as Resident Evil 4. No, 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 no. RE4 is but, still the best Resident Evil by yeah. a couple magnitudes still, in my but, opinion. Uh, but this is a close second, I think. Yeah, I think you may be right, actually. I think this may be the second best RE yeah. ever. And that's no small feat. And I think if you didn't like Resident Evil 4 as much because you thought it veered too much into the action game territory, you might like this one better. This is a good compromise. Yeah, yeah. This might be your favorite Resident Evil. Yep. If you, if you think Resident Evil 4 went too far into the action genre. Did you like this Ada stuff? Yeah, I mean, I like Ada. I always liked Ada. Yeah. Um, anything involving the, the being stalked by the Mr. X stuff was interesting. Like, that's, that, that, was, that can't, comes right at the point where I was tired of zombies. That was really nerve-wracking, too, uh, so, having to solve some of these puzzles while he's yeah. chasing you. So that was solid stuff. Yeah. And I like what they did with Ada in this one. Like, you know, it was, was a little weirder and brusquer in the, in the original game. And in this one, like, there's a, little, there's a little more interplay between her and Leon where Leon's like... Like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, Leon isn't as pathetic in this one. Right. Like, like he's, yeah. he feels a little more competent, a little more like he's standing up for himself here. And there's a bunch of times when he just gets, like, in the original, he just gets abandoned by Ada, like, over and over. And you're just like, dude, just yeah. stop. Take the just, hint. Just... But in this one, he's more, it's, it makes it clear he's more about, like, um, like I, I want to know what the hell's going on. Because if you're yeah. withholding information, it could get me killed. And he's in terms of like, because there's always sort of this like weird like romantic like implication with him and Ada in the original game, and in this one that's more with him and Claire. Him and Claire are real happy to see each other when they first run into that gate. But Ada, that yeah, gate. but it's more Ada in this though. Well, yeah, she she plays the femme fatale with him, yeah. but like early on, he kind of forgets about Claire. Once well, he who meets doesn't? up with Ada, yeah, he just you don't even hear about her. Like then it's all about until Ada. the end. Like until, he literally like together. falls in love with Ada in like four hours. But that's Leon. <laughs> It's a very intense situation. He did. He does have the epiphany at the end that I won't. I yeah. won't spoil. But but um, I enjoy that. You know, eight is fun. Yeah, and I, I like all. She of will it. go on to torment him for at least three more games. So. Now I will say that the extra character you play as in Claire's scenario, not as fun. Mm. I won't spoil it. Yeah, I don't remember who that is. Yeah, if the, that was even a thing in the original. I'll, I'll tell you what the style of game it gameplay is. It's stealth. Hmm. And uh, that... Oh, I know what you're... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That did not work as well as Ada. But uh, whatever. This game is awesome. It's amazing. If any of you guys are still sitting on the fence, it's been out now for a couple days. Both of us say go out and buy it. Um, what about people who never liked Ari at all? Uh, it's probably not going to change your mind. Yeah. But if, like... It's because, again, there's a point at which, like... 
if you like this sort of subject matter, you probably already like Resident Evil. Yeah. Um, and if you don't like Resident Evil... You probably don't like the subject matter. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Resident Evil 2 Remake. Hopefully the first of more to come. I would... Be, I, would be, I am I would be down very with su- RE3 very surprised remake. if we did not see an RE3 and maybe even an RE1. What if they did an RE4 remake? Nah, I don't need that. Yeah, it's too early still. It's already on most of the modern systems. Yeah. Like, that, that's, that one's easy to bring forward. Um, I would like to see, like in terms of like doing these ground up remakes. I love to see them do three. Uh, you know, three. I'm sure they will do. I'd yeah. also like to see them do one because yeah. I don't like the Resin- the RE remake from the GameCube era because it's the same pre rendered background fixed camera crap. Yeah. Uh, which I find like I find it terrible. I've always thought it was terrible, and I've always hated it. So like, you know, I know people praise the Resident Evil, the the remake of one to the sky over and over again. I find it unplayable. I thought it was fun. I back when I reviewed it when I was at Gamespot, I gave it a lower score than pretty much everybody. Yeah, I remember that. And um, I got a lot of crap a lot of heat for, for that. <laughs> I just find I just find it. Stupid. I still really liked it, but I I found it really dumb. I didn't like. I thought you know I, I still find it stupid that you can get like caught off guard by things that your character can see but you can't because of the camera right. angle. Yeah. And like you know you shoot these guys and they bleed everywhere, but it's like clearly just sort of pasted on to this yeah. like pre-rendered background. It's just I, I think it looks terrible. Like, I have no. And everyone's like, oh my god, it's so gorgeous. I'm like, it's a photo. It's a well, JPEG. Well, they, Who cares? They, they could put all the polygons into the character right, so you, models. Right, so you put all that, yeah. The character models do look amazing, but you particularly take, for a GameCube game. But, but you take uh, this, you know, this re- the Resident Evil 2 remake yeah. philosophy and do the, apply that to one, I'm in. I'd, I'd be down for that, too. All right, let's move on. And that gives you a really good trilogy to sell as an extra remaster next gen. Yeah, Be- yeah bundle it all together. In Resident, a... Evil, Resident Evil remaster trilogy. Yeah. You can sell that for, like, 10 years. It'll happen. It'll yeah. definitely happen. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about undoubtedly the biggest news story of the week. And unfortunately, it was not good news. Uh, the news broke on Friday. Is that right? Maybe. Thursday or Friday. Thursday or Friday. It was, it was last week, late last week. Yep. Yeah. And the bad news is that Metroid Prime 4 has been... Well, I guess one version of Metroid Prime 4 was canceled. Yeah. And it's been restarted from scratch... By Retro Studios, which is what should have been happening yeah, it, all along. And, and presumably whatever Retro was working on, is we're never going to see that. Well, so a lot of people are you know, freaking out. Talking, what struck me the most right as soon as I heard this news was that Retro's game sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, okay, well then Retro's game it's been working on isn't very good. A Star Fox Grand Prix or whatever if it was. If that's even what be, it is. Like, it. who knows? But whatever <laughs> it is, it's not that amazing. Yeah. Because and if it was amazing, there is no way Nintendo would pull them off of that right. to immediately start working on this. And neither was Metroid Prime 4, apparently. Because I guess Retro pitched something to them as an alternate idea, and Nintendo seems to have gone with it yeah. and started over. So we'll see you... I, this sounds like this is this Prime 4 might end up the Switch's Breath of the Wild. Like You might see this game bridge the Switch and the Switch's successor yeah. eventually. Because I, I think we're three years out at this point, minimum. Well, we have to. I mean, if you look at Retro's development... Well, three years? How long has it been since Retro put out a new game, Matt? Donkey Kong Tropical Country Tropical Freeze. Freeze. What year was that? That was... God, I don't know. 20... 2013? 13, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So here and we are. Rem- did they work on the remaster for for yeah. Switch? So they did. Some little so team that doesn't somewhere. That still works. Remaster it is. But remastering your own game, is there a project any easier than that? Probably not. I don't know. I don't know anything about game development. So here we... Yeah, you do. So here we... Not like that. I don't know how hard it is to remaster something. 
I think we have a rough idea. I would not say that. <laughs> anyway, here we sit six years later. Six years. Mm. That's crazy. Mm. You don't think that's crazy? I think it's crazy, but I don't know what they were making. Like, I don't know why it would take six years to make a Star Fox racing game. To make game. anything. Like, unless they, you're square. My, my guess is that they've been working on a couple of different things that never saw the light of day because then all of them Nintendo's just kept not afraid. Well, yeah, because Nintendo's not afraid to cancel something internally if they don't think it's up to their standards. Yeah. So I, I imagine Retro's been basically trying a couple things that didn't work. So do you think that Retro is kind of falling into the same trap that Rare did, where it built its name early on, but then eventually it loses enough talent that it's really not the same studio anymore? I mean, I think that's true of a lot of studios. I mean, the people that made Metroid Prime great aren't there anymore, haven't been for a long time. And it's not like Retro doesn't make good games. I mean, I don't like the Donkey Kong Country games, but Tropical Freeze was really good. It was, but it's um, a side-scrolling 2D platformer. Yeah. One of the easiest games in the world to make, which is why half of all indie games are side-scrolling 2D platforms. Oh, well, it's easy to make that. It's not easy to make a good one. But they... Did you play it? Yeah. Did you finish it? Tropical Freeze? Yeah. No. Yeah, me either. But I don't I don't <laughs> like Donkey Kong games. So, but It wasn't fa- even the characters. It was just... Well, it means the character. I don't like looking... It, it's similar to Yoshi. I don't like looking at the Donkey Kong characters. I don't yeah. like those characters. I don't like any of that. I think it's annoying, and I've always thought they were annoying going all the way back to the Rare games on the Super Nintendo. Um, I just, they never did anything for me, the Donkey Kong stuff. But um, but people love it, and like I liked, you know, Tropical Freeze was a good enough platformer that I even got through half of it. And I, you know, if you can make me tolerate Donkey Kong Country for any length of time, you have accomplished something, in my opinion. I, I, I disagree with that, honestly. I, I don't, a 2D platformer is never going to impress me. It's particularly one that isn't innovative or isn't doing something groundbreaking or brand new. It's the easiest genre to create. Um, so, well, I agree with you. It's a really good 2D platformer. It's still just a 2D platformer. It's not a 3D game with intricate systems like what they're going to be expected to make now with Metroid Prime 4. Yeah, well, but they've got three really good examples of how to do that in their own catalog. So I'm not all that concerned about it. My biggest concern is My question is, what were they making before that we never knew about that was apparently not good enough for Nintendo to even announce it ever? Because that's been, you know, because not the first time Retro's had a couple things in the pipeline that never made it to to to, to market. I mean, how what they had those other things from like the GameCube era where like one of the like Raven something or something's Raven. You remember that? It was like a yeah. medieval fantasy. That was one of their thing. first prototypes. Or early, early, and then they ended up yeah. just sort of becoming the Metroid Prime Studio and like that Raven's Blade or whatever that Raven was. Bl- Raven's Blade. Raven's Blade. Blade? Was, yeah. Uh, that, I think that was like the the head of Retro's like. Pet project it at was, the time, yeah. yeah, and like that guy, never, <laughs> that, <laughs> that guy, guy. <laughs> just never saw the light of day. Um, and you never know, you know, if they had whatever whatever pitch they had for Metroid Prime Four that made Nintendo management say like, yeah, let's move it over to here. Like Nintendo doesn't do that lightly. Nintendo must see, and again, if Miyamoto's got a ride herd on him to make it good, he's done that before for Metroid Prime One. So I mean, so an, an editor from Game Informer, and I wish I. Could remember his name right now because I like to give credit to people when they break stuff like this. But he followed up today, I think it was, or maybe yesterday, basically saying that the project that was being worked on before was being worked on by studios all around the world. And some of those studios were humming along fine, mm-hmm. and a couple of them were a disaster. And that's why they canceled. So it sounds like the game was just a mess. Nintendo yeah. really had no choice other than to can it. 
and then conveniently Retro makes sort of a pitch video for what it would do with the game. And Because yeah, frankly, you can't back off that game now that you've announced yeah, it. Yeah, but why did it take so... Why didn't Retro work on this game from the beginning? Because they were working on something else. But Nintendo knew what that project was and decided at that point, no, we're going to let Retro work on this other project instead of giving them Metroid. And yeah. now, three, day, three years later, you have neither game. You don't have Retro's new game, and you don't have Metroid Prime 4, and Metroid Prime 4 now is probably not coming for... It's going to be like a Switch 2 game or a bridge yeah. game between Switch and Switch 2. Yeah, I think it'll be on both systems. It'll be a Breath of the Wild situation. And it's not going to sell like Breath of the Wild because Metroid no, never has. But, but it's but, still a decent launch game for a sure. new system. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, by then, they'll probably have another Zelda ready as well. It can also be the yeah. bridge between those two systems. Although somebody in uh, our Sifted Draft today drafted Zelda 2019. Bold. Yeah. Well, we have one alternate, so I'm guessing that was mm. it. Was Vincent actually? I think he I was just. I don't think it it's off. completely impossible that a asset repurposing Majora's Mask style thing could pop up this year. I don't think that's what he was drafting, though. I think he's saying new Zelda game. Well, that would be a new Zelda game. Majora's Mask is a new Zelda game. That's what I'm saying. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Majora's Mask is an N64 game. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like an equivalent to Breath of the Wild. Like a Majora's oh, Mask equivalent oh, to Breath of the Wild. Now. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like an offshoot from Breath yeah, of the Wild. Like, like, the, what, the like what Majora's of... Mask did with Ocarina's stuff. I thought you were... Because you, know? you, you have talked before about other Zelda remasters coming to Switch. And I thought that's what you're talking oh, about. No, I don't think, I don't think they do. Well, I mean, I guess they could, but it wouldn't be. I'm, I'm, talking, about, like, I'm talking about like... Giving Breath of the Wild the Majora's Mask treatment. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, get just that. like we got, That's we got totally all, these, all the assets. Just do it. I mean, because it's been two years. That's like, you totally could possible. Be, you could be right there. Yeah. If you just made like a little side story, you could yeah. definitely get it done by now. Slap a couple actual dungeons in this time, and <laughs> maybe <laughs> you have something. Mm, it's weird to say you maybe you have something game. with the game that everyone thinks is the game of forever, but. Yeah, well, I've, I've noticed that the criticism of Breath of the Wild has gotten a little more realistic. Yeah, it's starting to creep rest, in yeah. as time has gone on. Yeah, absolutely. The it old may... Zelda bump. <laughs> I think we're going to talk about another bump here in a little bit, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think realistically for Metroid Prime 4 now? 2021? Uh, minimum. 2022? I think 2022 is most likely. I mean, typically Metroid Prime games have taken retro at least three years to create. I feel like it's a three-year process, yeah, and it sounds like they are pretty much starting from scratch beyond, like, pre-production They said designs. they're starting from scratch. Yeah, but, like, I mean, even from, like, you know, people say, like, oh, we're starting development, like, you've already done all the pre-pro, you probably already that, have yeah. it, but it sounds like they got to start very much over, and, you know, who knows how long they've been doing it, but, like, and clearly they're going to be watched very carefully if they've really taken this long to get anything out that, you know, Nintendo thought was worth releasing, uh, you know, Nintendo's not afraid to ride herd, especially on the Western developers, and be like, man, how bad must that Metroid Prime 4 other version have been if Federation Force made it out? That's what I'm saying. Did, like, it's, I, I, man, that's a... There's one for Schreier in the, somewhere in the future. It's like, <laughs> I'm sure he's digging already. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying to Dig figure out what that shit up. I want to hear about what was wrong with Metroid Prime 4 prototype. Right. You know? I wonder um, if footage will ever leak out of it. Probably not. Uh, Nintendo's pretty tight shit yeah. in that regard. But it was being developed in all over the world. Yeah. Studios, yeah. So there's a chance. I mean, a lot of stuff is like done like that now. But like, yeah, you know, probably better to just have it in house at Retro. They've got the pedigree. I mean, they don't have the same people, but they have the pedigree. I'm nervous, honestly, about Retro at this point. I don't know that they're the studio that they used to be. Well, I don't have any basis for thinking one way or the other on that. So. Well, you can look at the people that have left the studio. There's yeah. been dozens that have left Retro since Metroid Prime 3 was released. Sure, but like... And what I was getting it's at It's either earlier, that or nothing, so... Right, right. Here's what I was getting at earlier, though, before, and we got off on a tangent, is that 
Why I'm so concerned about Retro and Metroid Prime 4 being developed by Retro is that the thing about the Metroid Prime franchise is that it has this intangible element to it that you can't really quantify, it. you can't really say, hey, this is the product of this one guy or this one idea. It's atmosphere, it's tone. That's what I love about Metroid Prime, the feeling of isolation and how they accomplish that throughout the game um, and very rarely ever relenting. They did a little bit more in Metroid Prime 3. Like you interacted with a lot more characters in Prime 3 than you did in the other two games. Mm -hmm. um, and so it looked like they were starting to acquiesce. A lot of people don't like Metroid Prime 3. I freaking love it. I think it's amazing. But I don't like it very much, but not because of that. Why do you not like it? Because I hate motion controls. Oh, right. I always forget that. that uh, motion controls are like a deal breaker for you. I thought the motion controls in this were great. I mean, they're good as motion controls go, but I still hate motion controls. Like, you know, they, they were fine as for what they are, but I just, motion controls take me completely out of a game and I hate them. So uh, you liked better that lock-on click thing that they did for the GameCube games? Yes. With, where there's no aiming at all? Yep. <laughs> I liked Metroid Prime 3's aiming way better than what they were doing before. I mean, but. I don't want them to do make it into a first-person shooter either. Yeah, um, that's also the line that they have to walk with this franchise. Which, which also made you know the Prime 3 became a little bit more of that because it did. of the pointer controls. You're right. Yep. Uh, I liked it as a first-person adventure, which mm -hmm. is what I would describe one and two as. Um, I I don't like motion control. I, I think it's annoying. Like if you wanted to change it so it's more like the way Splatoon works. That would be fine, like, like you know, like kind of the the, the fine tune aiming with the yeah. gyro aiming mm -hmm. kind of thing. That would be okay, but like holding the stupid pointer Wii controller and wiggling it around and flicking it to do the the grappling hook stuff. I hate that. I pulling the shields that. off just, enemies yeah, and all I don't that. like that at all. I thought that was very satisfying, man. I, I liked it. I liked sending that out Maybe there in another and then yanking game. it back and watching the shields fly off. Maybe in another game, but that ain't what I want out of Metroid. Well, I can understand like, that. I don't. I mean, I think the the counter mechanism in Samus Returns is is skirting the edge for me in yeah. terms of a kind of a, like a weird... I don't know if that should be in a Metroid game. But anyway, um, but I liked... One thing I did like about 3 was that they sort of were expanding the universe a little bit and like she had... A, there were other bounty hunters... You know, because that it came out of Metroid Prime Hunters as well. Right. But there are other bounty hunters. You kind of sort, of, sort of started to piece together a little bit more of how Samus sort of fits into the universe with these other characters. I like that. And it what was, she was. Like, yeah. It's like you always knew she was a bounty hunter, but you're like, okay, I, I know what that means, but what does it mean? Yeah. Well, Nintendo didn't know what it meant. Right. Uh, yeah, according, you know, according to the people that worked on especially 3... Where they were like, well, she, you know, they wanted to put a mechanic in where you would get like bounties and you'd go out and do them as sort of side missions. And Nintendo's like, she would never hunt anyone for money. And <laughs> the retro guys are like, what do you think a bounty, bounty hunter, hunter is? <laughs> and like, it turned out that they sort of thought like a bounty hunter was basically like a like a wandering samurai kind yeah. of thing. Like they didn't think they because like, bounty hunter when you say it to like someone like Western, I think they think of like Boba Fett. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. someone in armor in space hunting someone for money. Like that's a bounty hunter to, to us. Yeah. And that was not Nintendo's idea of what Samus did, even though that's what they called her. Yeah. It sounds like she was more of a, in their mind, she was more of a consultant. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Contractor, she's got. She gets yeah, she's a contractor. She's a problem solver. <laughs> she gets the you know. 1099 at the end of the year. Um, uh, probably that'd be a fun mini game, <laughs> filling out Samus's taxes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so it's gonna be interesting, kind of, to see how she turns out in, you know, because we certainly saw how, you know, uh, 
Sakamoto thought she should turn out right. another M, yeah. which was roundly rejected by the fan base. Yeah. So we'll see kind of what Prime Four can. Because that's the other thing is like you know, there's some people that assume that the Prime games were made basically non-canon in the timeline, right? Because they have to take place at a certain point. And if they do take places in that point, Other M doesn't make a whole lot of sense because it's clear not a lot, not a lot of other things have happened between Super Metroid and that. Yeah. And it also wouldn't make sense that, like, you know, it already, already doesn't make sense that she freaks out when, when Ridley shows up. But if you fre- she freaks out when Ridley shows up and Prime the Prime trilogy happened, she's beaten Ridley, like, six times. <laughs> that point. It's like, at, th- at that point, your reaction couldn't be nothing but, like, you again? Really? Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> like, um. I mean, that's Nintendo games in a nutshell. It's yeah. always the same bad guy. I yeah. mean, no matter how many times and you beat him. that's fine. Yeah. But, like, Link doesn't lose his shit every time a Octorok shows right, up. Right, it's like, you yeah. know, get some perspective. You've seen people. it before, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, Here's, yeah. Here, I have one other concern about retro. And that is technical prowess. So, to me, Retro Studios has been the developer that has got the most out of Nintendo hardware for, like, three generations. Yeah, I mean, I I would say I would coin on the GameCube. I would coin flip them with Factor Five. Yeah, uh, Factor uh, Five. Fair enough. Uh, retro visuals, Factor Five audio, more yeah. more or less. Yeah. But like Factor Five and Retro were right there, neck and neck with the Rogue. The Rogue. That's because the, Factor Five helped create the hardware. Build the yeah. hardware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, after what they did with the Musex system right. on the N64. But yeah, yep. I would say like Factor 5 and Retro were sort of two sides of the same coin back then. And then Metroid Prime 3 was, in my opinion, the best-looking Wii game of all of them. I mean, we were seeing some footage there earlier. It's hard to believe that they mm-hmm. were pushing that kind of geometry on that console, which was basically just a GameCube, to be honest. Yeah, and I mean, Tropical Freeze is a gorgeous game. It is, but again, I, I, I don't add a lot of credence to that because it's... You're, you don't, you're not drawing big vistas. It's just you're in control of what they're seeing at all times. Yeah, but you're still executing. You're executing an art style and, and making it work in the way it needs to work. And that's, but I'm just that's talking more, about technical prowess right now. That is technical prowess. Like that, like Knowing I, your polygon budget and sticking to it is, I mean... I mean, Tropical Freeze is one of the best-looking games on that system. It on is. The Wii, on it the Wii is. U. But, again, it's a side-scrolling 2D platformer. That was built by a AAA studio, which never happens anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, think no. about that. What Can you think of another typically AAA, big-budget studio that's made a side-scrolling platformer in the last 15, 20 years? Mm, I mean, I don't know. So that's what Nintendo. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Super Mario Brothers. Um, hell, I would love it if Prime 4 was a side-scrolling HD Metroid. How crazy I mean, would that be? That would be... Um, awesome i mean if you think about it it's not i wouldn't call that prime four right but yeah. like i would love i mean i would like that more than prime four i wouldn't i i prefer the 2d the 2d ones for the most part Except i, I for prime generally one. like the 2d but it's the people who made the 2d metroids are not the people who would be making this one true um uh, and in that case but, ca- but it is the people case, that made one of the best 2d side scrollers yeah which you you seem to think is the only thing they're qualified to do now so, no, uh, I don't believe that at all. I just have questions as mm-hmm. to whether they are the same studio that they were six years ago. Well, or mean, longer than that. I would say longer than that if you're talking about yeah, making longer Metroid than Prime. That. The people that made Metroid Prime, the original trilogy, what it was, are not there anymore. That's what so I'm saying. Is, yeah, yeah but, but it's like that or nothing. You know, it's like at least you're, you're dealing with like people that maybe were around when they made some of those and like un- maybe understand the DNA to some degree. So here's the tough question. Would you rather have... 
not knowing what it was, would you rather have a new IP from Retro? Would you rather have Retro working on Metroid Prime 4? I'd rather have them on Metroid Prime 4. Yeah? Yeah. I, I find it very unlikely that Retro or any, um, any Nintendo developer would create a new IP that I would like or care about more than Metroid. I always thought that through all this time that Retro, and I've never said this publicly, but I always thought that Retro was working on some gigantic product, like a like an MMO RPG that takes place in like Nintendo Land or something. Just this massive, overarching project that would end up going on forever. Um, that's what I always thought Retro was doing. And as the time went on and on. It just seemed more and more likely that that's what Retro was doing. That is creating this project that's going to be a game as a service that lives on forever, that integrates everything Nintendo into this one thing. I'd say that's weird because I just figured they were making Donkey Kong side scrollers and calling it a day <laughs> because that's what they were doing. I had, you're right. They I mean, I just had higher hopes. Was, yeah. Yeah, you know, that was the whole thing. Every time they, you know, it's like, oh, new retro game. I hope it's no, nah, it's a, a tropical freeze remaster. Kong. Like yeah. it's like there you go. You know. Um, I mean, I like Metroid Prime. I, I love Metroid Prime 1. I like 2. 3 is what it is. See, I um, go 1, 3, 2. Metroid Prime 2, I, well, I actually if I could had play, parts that I didn't even enjoy. If I could play 3 with normal controls, it would probably be my order as well. Yeah. I just don't like I hated controls. the whole light Corruption, and dark dichotomy world. The light and dark stuff is an interesting idea that's not pulled off too well. There's way too much. I mean, even for a Metroid well, game, there's weird. too much backtracking. Yeah, those weird bubble things that you had to, like, get mm. in. And you get in fights, and if, like... You got out of the bubble like your arm. Like, I died so many times just strafing outside of the bubbles. Like, it just drove me crazy. It, I had to work to finish Metroid yeah. Prime 2. I didn't, it didn't bother me as much as having to flick the stupid controller around. Like, I just, <laughs> I hate that. Um, uh, but I, I think 3 was a more interesting premise and more interesting ideas in it. Um, and corruption has the the last third of it is just too much backtracking. Yeah, you're just you're just going back and forth and all over the place, and you're like, oh, it got where, confusing. Where too. was that one particular place yeah. where I could use the light dark switch to do this? Yeah. And that? You know, it's like stop it. You know, how would you feel if Metroid? And I don't even know if I remember if the map system does this in Metroid Prime. Shows you what you need to get through the door, like RE2 did. I can't remember. I thought that it was a wire map, and it didn't tell you it what you It was a wire map. You didn't, you didn't see a lot of info, but I think they might have been color-coded. I can't remember. Really? I mean, Maybe someone in the chat. Modern Metroids do tell you, like, color-coding on the map, what, what you need to get through the doors. Um, yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm not one of the people that's like, it's like, oh, Metroid shouldn't hold your hand. You shouldn't get no clues. And any time a map shows up that shows you what, I'm like, no, screw it. I don't, you know. Dude, the crazy thing about the I don't enjoy games, wandering though. around without knowing what I'm supposed to do all the time. Just make it vague and make it to the point that, like, I don't need to see exact things unless I ask you. And I think that balances it out well enough. The crazy thing about the Prime Fusion's games, Fusion's a little too handholdy for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. It goes too far the other way. Yeah. The crazy thing about Prime, though, is that it had this elaborate wireframe map. And I still would get lost trying to find stuff. Yeah, well, it was very hard to navigate. Yeah, be and like, because all you yeah. need is that little tube for you to turn right. to the ball that, and take that tube into this new area. And if you can't see it on the map, it would get really confusing when you start flipping it around. Like, mm. Even though you had that map, it wasn't easy to navigate the game. Yeah, I think that was partly intentional. Yeah, like, probably. You know, but uh, it'd be interesting to see how they modernize it. It has been a long time. Yep. So are you more excited... Or less excited for Metroid Prime 4 now that we know this news? I mean, I'm not excited. It doesn't. It's not a thing yet. I mean, I'm glad that Retro got it back, but I don't know what that means because we don't really know what Retro is in terms of making a Metroid Prime game anymore because the people that made those games what they were aren't there anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't 
you know, I don't know. There's nothing to really judge it by. I think the Tropical Freeze was a really good game for what it was. Um, so I, clearly the talent's still there to know how to make a good game of some kind. Um, I don't think it's that crazy to think that the people who work there in conjunction with the people from the home office at Nintendo Japan can look at those Metroid Prime games and think this is, you know, we need to capture that same lightning in a bottle. We know what the tone needs to be. We know kind of that isolation element is what makes them what they are. Like, I'm sure they'll get the, the question kind of becomes like, can they do it in a reasonable amount of time? Yeah. Um, and that's not a comment on retro. It's a comment on anyone making a game that has that kind of expectation behind it, especially after what you just had to do. Right. You know, was, your expectations were high enough as it was that the that Metroid Prime 4 was coming out in any form. But now that you've said it was bad, we killed it, we're starting over with the people that invented Metroid Prime, you just raised the bar. Yeah. I think so, it's a net positive. Just I'm happy fact- it's happening, but like... Oh boy, we got to sit. You know, I'm going to be almost 50 by the time this game comes out. I mean, it's, just the fact that it's under one roof now to me that's is, an, a is an improvement. Yeah, it's an improvement. If you and look, you're right. It is very common. A lot of times, you'll farm out asset creation to Singapore or mm. some Asian country or Eastern Europe. Yeah, but and I'm you under just the have imp- them people. You just have those people creating desks yeah. and chairs and plants. But and, I'm also under the impression that Nintendo the, doesn't do that much. Yeah, they seem to be pretty compartmentalized yeah i mean they nintendo spoke a few years ago about unifying its development pipeline Mm -hmm. and when it said that it spoke mostly about being able to get 3ds developers to start developing for consoles Mm -hmm. but i'm wondering if it was also part and parcel of having this sort of satellite development structure where you have yeah. folks all over the place. I mean, like Ubisoft does this with everything. It does. Every, you know, every project, yeah. yeah. Um, it can work. Yeah, And it does, sure. you know, you don't, if you do it right, it, you, you know, it's hard to see the seams. Yeah. But if you're not, you know, maybe Metroid Prime 4 is not the test bed for that. That's a... Also, do, do you think, so now that Metroid Prime 4 is clearly out of the running for 2019 and 2020, at minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do we get Pikmin 4 now? <laughs> That's what they've been waiting for. That's what they've been holding Pikmin 4 for. Is so just that fill that slot. like this yeah. happens, they could just drop slide out, it boom, right in. You're in. I would be stoked about that. How awesome would it be if we got the new Pikmin game yeah, this year? Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. The other thing that makes me sad is like, because uh, somebody was reporting on it basically said that the other same some of the same sources talking to them about this said that Metroid Prime Trilogy for Switch is basically done. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, it's been um, in the can or something yeah, for Yeah, because you want to release that with Synergy with the right. upcoming... Yeah. Well, that means we're not going to see that for... You, we lost... That was, that was maybe going to be this know. year. Do you still I, wait for three years to release it? Yeah, maybe not three years. I mean, it depends how desperately you need something to slot that schedule. But I feel like that was probably... We were probably going to get that this year, and I bet we won't get it till maybe next year. Yeah. I think next year might even be earlier than you really get. Right. I think what's right. going to happen is they'll get to the end of the Switch's life cycle. They're getting ready to switch over to whatever's next, and they're going to need to fill holes. Because mm-hmm. one thing we all know about Nintendo is the last year of its console's life is abysmal, awful. And they're going to need something to generate revenue while they're mm-hmm. waiting to ramp up for Switch 2. Yeah, because you, you have that thing where like you know they have a finite number of you know dev teams, and at a certain point, you have to pull them off current stuff and get them working on stuff for yep. the next system. Yep. Now you're probably going. I think you're going to do a thing where, you know, I think all three console manufacturers are going to be in a situation where you can carry a lot of stuff forward, or at the very yeah, least, the architect- assets and all architecture that. is going to be similar enough. You can make versions for each one. Yep. Um, so I don't think that'll be as much of a problem this time, uh, but it is going to be a factor yep. for sure. 
Um, I just, you know, I would like to play uh, my Turt Prime trilogy because uh, if you make it on the Switch, so would I. If you make it on the <laughs> Switch, you have to make it playable with normal controls because of handheld mode, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, you, do, you, you yeah. can't do yeah, you have waggling to. shit around. So that means I'd finally get the Metroid Prime 3 I you want. Would. You absolutely would. So <laughs> I, I, I want, I really hope we get to see that at some point uh, that they release that. Because that's the other thing is, uh, it would also, if they don't ever release that, it would not be the first time that they have a trilogy of remasters uh, for a system that's done that they never put out. Because the other time that happened was Rogue Squadron. All right. That's Factor right. Five may, had completed a Rogue Squadron trilogy for the Wii, uh, of the first one from the N64 and probably the PC version adapted, I would think, and Leader and, Stri- and Rebel Strike, and never saw the light of day. Somewhere out there, that that thing's done <laughs> on someone's freaking hard drive. Leak it. Somewhere, yeah. <laughs> Leak that shit. What? What is it? If that, if that Leak does... that shit and show EA what a Star Wars game looks like. How about that? <laughs> How about we do that? If that does release the Metroid Prime trilogy, mm-hmm. what does that do to the value of the original Metroid Prime trilogy? Anything? Because it's worth a lot of money right Not now. Not a ton. I mean, it is worth a lot of money. I, I mean, they released it digitally on the Wii U, and it didn't tank. It didn't the, hurt the, it. The, because people love the physical versions of Nintendo stuff. Also, the, the, the one that's really valuable, you know, the one that came out on the Wii... It has the steel case and like the nice slip cover and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like that's gonna hold its value one way or the other, just because collectors want to have that as part of their Wii library. Gotcha. Um, so I wouldn't be worried too worried about that. Uh, the only thing it would do is make so that people who don't want to spend that kind of money to play these games can. But you've already got that digitally on the Wii U. Now you just need it digitally on the Switch, where you know the system people actually own. Right. <laughs> so yeah. when you actually make some money off, yeah. Releasing get something. get the, get these games in the hands of more people. That's what you need. to so do. So when do you think we see Prime Four for the first time next E3? I would say like the direct like a, the like direct tr- for E3 2020. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I, think. I think. And you'll see, you'll probably see the game a year and a half after that. Yeah, I would say either the direct for at E3 2020, or if they can't make that, uh, the Game Awards 2020. Yep, that makes sense. So we see it first at either the Game Awards or E3 2020, and then releases fall 2021. Probably if, like absolutely ideal scenario. Yeah. yeah, like if everything goes the best it possibly can. Yeah, my guess would be we're probably not going to see that game until 2022. That's it. I can't even, it just boggles my mind even think about that. Yeah, well. <laughs> so we're not going to be talking about Metroid Prime 4 again on Game Face for a long, long time. So Unless, unless. something even worse happens. <laughs> it sounded from some of the reporting, it sounded like they were originally planning to debut it at the Game Awards last year. Yeah, that's what um, it does sound just, like. It just didn't, didn't come together. Come together. Quite literally, it sounds like. I wonder like. if Nintendo will ever do that again. So that's what you kind of have to in this in the industry though. Now, I mean, you yeah, kind of yeah, have to sure. farm out development to cheaper labor yeah. sources. Like, I mean, especially if you're, you know, what a bad first attempt though. Yeah, well, maybe they. I mean, hopefully they learn something. Yeah. Um, Nintendo doesn't, you know, doesn't come away from bad development things without some kind of lesson most of the time. It seems. I don't know. <laughs> We're st- have you checked out Nintendo Online on the Switch yet? Yeah, well, that's a different thing. <laughs> Still the same, really. It learns it's from not a, its, it's not a game. sometimes. It, so. Yeah, but it's not a game. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking about game development. I don't know why they can't get online stuff. I mean, part of it is because they partnered with a mobile co- partner before. Yeah. Um, my main question is, like, where are the damn Super Nintendo games on that thing? I don't even pay attention to that. 
the whole Nintendo I'll pay, atten- stuff I'll pay attention when you start putting Super Nintendo games on that thing. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. It, it, to me, it would have to be games that haven't been released. Yeah. Like stuff like, like Mother and stuff like that I'd be into. That would but, be good, too. But... Like if it's just another that would be a nice uh, that would be a Super nice Mario surprise. Is like land, oh like, instead of Metroid Prime Four, here's uh, Earthbound trilogy. Right, I that would maybe move yeah. the needle for me. Earth yeah. because they've already released digital versions of the original Earthbound, which never came here, but they translated it. They brought it here um, on I think it was the Wii U, uh, or maybe it was the I don't know. I have it somewhere. I know I have that. And then Earthbound is Earthbound. Mother Three, you gotta get the translations in the vault somewhere, Reggie. Dig it up, you yeah. know. Like, like release that sucker. They don't need to throw people bones right now. Their schedule's looking pretty good. Mm, I don't know about the second half of the year, but I got, well, me on Pokemon. But you, you know, you gotta have something else than just Pokemon. Pikmin, baby. Gonna dust <sighs> that sucker off and roll it out. Finally. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's been in development for like nine years or well, something. Miyamoto said it was done like four right. years yeah. ago. I, I don't know, know what's what the, going on there. It's hanging out with the uh, Metroid Prime trilogy somewhere. Yeah. Having tea. Having tea and they're getting served by Rogue Squadron. (laughs) All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about something I can't talk about at all because I did not play it. And we're going to talk about Anthem. Matt was in on the beta over the weekend. I'm sure by now you guys have seen all the reports about it. Mm -hmm. Um, It was interesting because the press kind of got a hold of the beta first and did official previews and things like that, and they were pretty positive. And then the game was, the beta was given out to everybody. People who pre-ordered, were they the only people that got in? Pre-ordered and there were codes. Like, you get codes if you knew the right people. Yeah. I, was, I was in because my pre-order let me in. Yeah. I, I'm guessing the vast majority of people that were on that beta were, they were pre-orders. Pre-orders, were most, yeah. yeah. And once that happened, everything started to fall mm-hmm. apart. Matt, you played it. Did. Are all these reports accurate? Yes, they um, are. Well, here's the thing: like, there was a lot of a lot of the complaints were centered around like loading, you know, infinite loading bug and you know, getting the servers to work. And I never had a single connection problem, server problem, anything. The only time I got the infinite loading bug was when I was quitting the game. Um, so at no point did any of those things impact or interfere with my ability to play the game. The, the game loaded up and loaded in and, and everything fine every single time I tried, I did anything with it. Uh, the issue I have with it is, is that it's not very good. Oh, geez. <laughs> That's like, not what I wanted to hear. Um, I, I, I don't hate it or anything, but like my main issue is um, I was playing it on the Xbox One X and the performance is unacceptable to me. I, granted, this is an old build, uh, it's like six weeks old, I think. Not I think that the, the, the demo is like six <laughs> weeks, eight weeks old, or something like that. Um, but on the Xbox One X, this thing runs in the mid twenties wow. frame rate wise most of the time, and it it is like pushing through mud to me. Like I turn and I turned off the motion blur and the depth of field stuff to see if that was no. It just feels sluggish and does it does not feel good to play in the way and i'm i know they don't want you to compare it to this but everyone's going to compare it to destiny and it doesn't have it you know destiny runs at 60 frames this thing can't even hold 30 um it doesn't have the snappiness that the weapons and and the gunplay have in uh in destiny then destiny had that even like when you played the alpha you know, that yeah, was already yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's what should be there from the beginning. Yeah. And <laughs> like, it, that's the foundation of your game, in my in, opinion. In fact, and I think after the, our conversation about it, about the sequel last last week, you'll understand uh, the gravity of this statement. 
when I played Anthem, I felt more like I was playing The Division. Interesting. Uh, bullet sponge enemies with small weak points that you can hit, but it's it's you know it's it's the the frame rate is choppy enough that it was hard to kind of keep your your eye on things. I played a, it's not balanced for solo players because sometimes I, I, I the the connection issues probably did impact me in the sense that I didn't get people joining my squad much. Uh, um, do you think also that maybe the server issues is why you were getting bad frame rates? No, because this footage looks pretty snappy. No. Not at all. It did it. This look. Did it look like this when you played it? Yeah. Well, you can see it here. Like it's like you kind of every time it pans hard, there's like this weird. No, I can see it. Shift. Yeah, I can and see it. And it just doesn't. It doesn't feel good. I don't know any other way to say it. It's and the frame rate varies. I mean, sometimes you're you're close up to things. You're in certain areas, and the frame rate's fine. It's a solid thirty. You see what it's supposed to feel like, and it's fine. But then, like like I fought a boss that was clearly not balanced for one player because yeah. I didn't have anybody else in my team. That's an important part of the And it games. took me almost an hour to, to kill it. So it was just chipping away, chipping away. And, and they were, you know, every time you'd kill his, the ads, they'd respawn. And then ha when you got the life bar halfway down, they, they doubled spawning. So I was fighting off like, uh, I would say I was fighting off like probably 12 to 13 guys at once all the whole time. And like two of them were like the big guys with the shields and you get, you know, like you have to use all, you have to use every single thing. So, I mean, I mean, you can survive in it. I, I could use my abilities and my basic, my basic weapons to kind of get through it, but it was tedious. And part of the problem was you fight on this sort of like plateau area. I was on this plateau area and the frame rate was different depending on what part of the plateau I was on. Oh, wow. So like if I was trying to dodge like missile fire, gunfire, whatever, sometimes I'd end up in the section that ran poorly. Oh, and I'm like, geez. oh, I got to get out of here because it's hard to aim at stuff when, like, oh, the, when gosh, the frame rate's dude. in the low 20s. And this, and I was just, I just couldn't believe, and it's worse in the hub. The, hu the, the actual, It's not like egregious out in the world like this. In the hub, it's like the first time I, when I loaded into the hub and the first time I turned, my character, I was like, oh no. Like it was, wow. so, it, was it was like, oh, it was like. They did say that that was like a late edition. Yeah. Based and on fan feedback. Or and whatever. I'm, well, no, that, the late edition was the being able to be in like the little section with other players. The social hub. The social hub. What I'm talking about is like the, the marketplace that you saw in that original trailer. Oh. Like that, that section runs really sluggishly. And what is that? Se so how about we rewind a second? How does the game work? Like where do you start? Where do you get what? missions? What well, are I'm the not sure like? exactly where you start because one of the, the demo starts you. It starts you kind of in the middle of the game. You start at level ten, okay, and clearly you your character knows everybody in town already. Like clearly you're pretty deep into the story All at right. this point. So, but basically think of it like Destiny. Like Destiny, you you go back, you know, you go back to the tower or whatever. It's that. Okay. Except there's no other players. <laughs> That's all it is. Okay. Like you're going around, you know, things get marked. You know, marked people you need to talk to. You go talk to guys, and you get little stories with them. You talk to a guy and get your uh, get your main mission or whatever. Like your main mission is with a guy named Matthias, who um, are there like cinematics to like oh, intro yeah. missions and stuff. Yeah, I mean not like it's all from the first person perspective of your character. But yeah, like they're walking. It's like a Bioware game. Okay. It's like they're walking around and talking about things. You got to go get this. We're, the dialogue is actually pretty well written. Um, the way the the story kind of turned out, where you're trying to, you know, it's the standard sort of like go get this crazy weird artifact for me. You get the crazy weird artifact, and you come back, and they try to use the artifact, and and you know, normally what would happen is it explodes or something. But instead. Um, uh, it splits Matthias into three different versions of himself, and each one has a different personality. And the way they play with that is actually really f pretty funny. 
um because because it's kind of like the whole like oh this is the nice one and this is the gruff one and this is the creepy one and this, yeah um so th- so it's it was you could tell like the character work was on point in the way that bio you expect bioware to be um but other than that it's very destiny-ish like you're just sort of wandering around this marketplace to the point that i was it was funny i i saw that you know that playstation con- commercial that runs with the guy with the beard it looks kind of like yep. uh, andy circus and yep. black panther um and he's kind of wandering around, and he's walking through the marketplace, and the marketplace is like I think it's Destiny. I think the where he's walking, where like the you know the, the tents hanging, yep. and then like everybody's I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. I I saw that commercial. I'm like, oh, is that actually supposed to be Anthem? No, it's supposed to be like some other thing. But Anthem, like it looks, the marketplace reminds me of Destiny so much. Like except for the fact that it runs here, at here's half the marketplace the frame rate. right yeah, here. Yeah, this is this is what it looks like. So you've got. Um, this is clearly the same section where that guy talks to you in that original trailer, yep. except it doesn't look nearly as good or as populated. Um, and you so you talk to people in in the basic market or the bar or whatever, and then like when it's time to go on your mission, I mean you can see the frame you rate. See you it. can see yeah. that there. It's, you absolutely I mean, can see. And it. apparently there's a whole bunch of stuff happening under the hood that is one of the reasons that, that aren't involved in the demo, which is why it's not running too well. I mean, hopefully they've got something under their under their hat for like. You know, actual launch. I mean, this is an old. You know, they say this is an old build, or it's three or f- uh, six, six to eight weeks behind where the game where the game where the game went gold on. But like, you're three weeks out from yeah. launch at this point, and like, if you hit another, th- if you hit another thing where like a, yet another Destiny alike isn't good for six months after launch, that's bad. It is bad, yeah. Um, and like the concepts are solid. Like what you're doing is is fun. But I the fact that on an Xbox what's One with X, all these rings that they're flying? Through? That I didn't I didn't get I didn't play this this thing. All right, I don't know what that. This might be like a free run because there's free roaming. I, I did mostly the 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 story Structured. mission thing, and they also had you go out and do free roam, which I didn't do, and you can do strongholds, which is like there's three strong I guess there's three strongholds launching with the game, and one of them was available in the demo. I didn't do that either. Um, that seems to be kind of like a I guess sort of a raid sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then I play. Everybody started with the. I think it was the Ranger. This is kind of the standard sort of soldierish uh, uh, Iron Man suit. Um, they have an actual name. Javelins, I think they're called. Yeah, yeah. javelins. And then they. Uh, you could you could unlock one more. Uh, and then near the end of the demo, they just unlocked every. So everyone could just try them. Uh, I didn't get to do that, but I did try the Storm suit which is sort of the wizard the magic magic user. that thing is crazy powerful like, like oh, it's, it's, it's got AO, aoe i guarantee it's gonna be toned down for the final game because like i i I, ha- I didn't have it when i played that boss that took me forever but i bet if i'd had that suit when i played the boss it would have taken half the time like it because it, you can just do damage to everything around it whereas the the, the ranger suit uh was just like gunplay you know it's just yeah. gunplay and the occasional grenade, which is typically what the character I play as. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you will you'll probably be starting with that, and you will like it more or less. But the thing is, like, while I don't dislike the game, I just I think the performance is uh, is bad enough in ter- for me. I'm not a huge frame rate stickler, but I keep comparing it to Destiny, and Destiny's so silky smooth. Whatever right. else you think about it, it's silky smooth and snappy on a moment to moment basis, and this game just isn't that. At least the demo wasn't this past weekend. Um, so they need to get this thing running. A solid thirty minimum, you know, at the very least. I'm sure on, on PC it's going to be a different situation, but like consoles, uh, is where you make your money. And uh, I would, I, I don't know what this thing must look like on a, a vanilla Xbox One or PS4. 
Do you think there's a chance that maybe the frame rates were because of the server issues? I don't see how that could be possible. It could create. It could create. I mean, a, if I have lag and I'm playing a game online, it wasn't it, lag. It looks like it has bad frame rates. It wasn't lag. I know what lag looks like. It was. It was the frame rate was consistently low and consistently low in particular places. Uh. Like. It wasn't like, oh, unless the game was coincidentally lagging exactly the same right. way every time I went to that one part of the plateau fighting that boss. Yeah. It, it was clear. It was clear. It was clear that, like, oh, oh when, this, when this particle effect or whatever is in the, in the frame, it slows down. You lose, you lose frame rate. Yeah. Um, and it's not unplayable, but it doesn't feel good. And if you're going to compete with something like Destiny or The Division, I think you have to feel good. I don't even think they want to compete with Destiny or The Division. I think they want to destroy well, yeah, Destiny I mean, and The Division. Sure. Like, <laughs> but my thing is, like, I, you know, I, I, it's not enough to put me off the game, in part because I pre-ordered it digitally and I'm stuck. Um, <laughs> you got no choice. But, like, like is this going to set the world on fire? No. Am I concerned that I picked this first in the game draft and not Resident Evil 2? Yes. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's entirely possible. I mean, I'm, I, at this point, I'm basically counting on the fact that the hype is so hard behind this thing and you know, the Bioware pedigree is going to make the reviews give it a bit of a bump. Well, it's like I said, the press, when they previewed this beta... Yeah, they were very positive yeah. about it. I, just, I was just struck by how sluggish it all felt in terms of performance. And if they fix that, it would be a lot more fun to me. Now, I will say this. On this show, all the time, we crack jokes about how it takes a long time to get anything done in game development. And we'll always say, oh, you know, you got 30 days. That's plenty of time. The issues that this game seems to be having, based upon what you've said and what other players have said with the server issues, those are things that can get fixed in a relatively short period of time. Maybe not in three weeks, but likely within the first couple weeks of the game's launch, you would think they'd be able to clean that stuff up. Yeah. Optimization. But then you wonder, it's like, okay, why wouldn't you do this and get the, to this point before you let people play it? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I assume that, like, the press previews were done on a very high-end PC. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm sure that runs fine. Also, there weren't 2 million people on the servers, banging yeah. the servers. Now, I never had any serious uh, server or, like, or, like online issues. Um I just found the the actual performance of the game shockingly poor on an Xbox One X because I just don't run into that on that system very often. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to talk like about... Like ever. We're going to talk about a similar <laughs> thing with, um, you know, we're about to go into Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3 has a discrepancy between pa uh, performance between the Pro and the X. Yeah. And it seems like the X performs better simply because it's so powerful. Just the raw horsepower. You don't even need to really optimize it that yeah. much. It just runs like that. And like... This thing can't even hit, you know, a steady 30 on that system. I mean, I'm, pr I'm pretty disappointed in, in its visuals, to be honest. Now that I'm seeing the game running yeah, it doesn't in look the wild, like that old, on servers. It doesn't look like that, you know, that trailer we saw that started with that big, you know, yeah. you know captured entirely in-game. Well, I mean, maybe on a really high-end I can't even imagine the rig that it was running. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, technically true, but, yeah. like, you know, when you play it on, you know, on a console... It's it looks good, but it doesn't look like that. Yeah. And like there's like half the number of people, if that. It's like it doesn't feel, you know, that initial trailer had this 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 bustle to it. Yep. That just isn't there yeah. in, in what you're saying. And again, these kind of games, maybe we need to just be expecting that at launch they're not gonna be ready for prime time. I don't know. Like I don't know what we're gonna run into on February twenty second here. This is two times in a row, and granted they're technically different studios. 
This is two times in a row early access to a game has killed Bioware. What was the other one? Andromeda. Remember, oh, yeah. all those memes started coming out of the beta oh. of all the faces and everything. And wasn't that because it, was like, it was being sold early? No, I think that was the beta for Did they Andromeda. do a beta, like an early, early access beta thing? Yeah, I think they did. Mm, that was a mistake. <laughs> but na- So now, do you think this is doomed? <laughs> I don't know if it's Doom, but I don't think it's going to do what EA wants it to do. Um, unless, like, I'm just completely off base and no one gives a shit that it's running at, like, mid-20s frame rate and they just want to play with Iron Man suits. Well, if it's I running mean, at that frame rate, people are absolutely going to care. I just don't think it fe- I mean, frame rate aside, I don't think it feels good to play. I don't think there's... I don't think it has that sort of, like... That, that intangible thing that Destiny does yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's that thing where, like, you know, like I've said before, I've playing Destiny. Destiny. You know, I play Destiny, and I'd get to the load screen where the stupid ships just fly around. And I'd sit there, I'm like, why am I still playing this? Like, yeah. And then you <laughs> jump down on the ground, good. and like I blow another guy's head off, and I'm just like, okay, that's why I'm, I'm, why. I'm back yeah. in. Yeah, you know, I'm doing it again. <laughs> um, that doesn't happen on this to me. It's it feels more like the division in the sense that the guns are, you know, the, the shooting and the combat is it's fine. But it's not great. Not, great, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not a thing where I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get back and do that again. That's disappointing. Um, it's not. This that's whole not there. discussion has been very disappointing. <laughs> and maybe you know, maybe the other suit types will change that for me or for certain people. You know, like maybe you know, the storm thing was interesting, but I didn't get enough. To, you know, the beta was ending or the demo was ending for the weekend, so I didn't get to mess with it too much. Maybe something that's less just vanilla shooting and grenading will be more engaging to me. Like, I don't know. You know, there's more There's more demos to come. It's not like I'm going to never touch it again. Um, How did the forward. flying feel? It's obviously flying a big, was good. big part of the game. Like, flying's fine. You, know, uh, you can't fly as much as you might think, at least in the suit they start you with, because you overheat real fast. You can uh-huh. see the bar kind of filling up at the bottom yeah. there. Um, you can uh, dive into... You can jump into water, and the water will cool your, your systems down, and you'll get like a blue... The bar will turn blue, and that will let you uh, fly for longer. Um, you can also do dodges with it and stuff like that. Um, the flying's good. I mean, it, it, that was like one of the satisfying parts was, um, you know, you'd, you'd follow like the marker or whatever where you're going and you'd look up and see, oh, it's way up there. Oh, right. I can just fly. I yeah, can just yeah. go up there. So that was cool. <laughs> you don't have like, to like platform like your the, way up there. You know, the, the areas are very, you know, built with like kind of the three dimensionality very much in place. Like, you, don't, you know, it's, that's not a problem anymore. It's more of like a fun thing to do to fly up and, and jump around. Um, but it uses the same, you know, the same stuff as, you know, you, you fly up to the thing, you get to your marker, uh, now you're in a non-respawning area and you have to kill all the enemies. I mean, it's just, it's destiny. Yeah. It's just, that's all it is. I wonder uh, if a developer will ever find a new way to design these games. I don't know. Doesn't other, seem oh, like it. The other thing is what you can, you can see in this, they're doing the, uh, the, the melee attacks here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the melee attacks are on a cooldown for some reason. What? Uh, so, so, like, so is everything on a cooldown because you're in a suit? They're all on their own cooldown. So yeah. they, they don't share stuff. But I found it weird that like if a guy got too close to me and I do a melee attack and it doesn't kill him, I'm like, oh, I got to do it again. But I got to wait for the cooldown That's to finish. Weird. And I'm like, just let me hit them. Yeah. Like, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Like being like Doesn't fighting take a lot of stamina to stab. Like fighting close up in this game is not an advantage. Like it's yeah. it's, it's a last resort, or at least it was when I, with my ranger suit. So like I don't know what that is there for. Like the other the other cooldown the cooldowns are fine on it. Like I was using every I'll give it the credit on that. 
um, there's a reason to use every single ability you have, every single weapon type you have. You have like a, I don't know, you have like a homing missile and like a grenade type. And I was using all of them in your super, your super move, where like you can, you know, launch kind of more, launch mortar stuff at everything in front of you. Uh, I was using all of those regularly, and a lot of times I fall into a, a, a pattern where I just use my normal gun. I don't use my super stuff, my, my meter stuff at all. Uh, but I was using everything constantly because you have to to kind of like break, you know, crack the nuts on the on the enemies you're fighting and their different basic abilities or resistances. So credit where credit is due. Um, they know all the things your character can do, and they make you use them all. Um, but I do think that it periodically the gunplay is a little more reminiscent of Mass Effect Andromeda than anybody should want. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I keep thinking when I was playing this, whether it's a fair assessment or not, you know, EA, maybe Frostbite is not the panacea <laughs> you think it is. Because it's... Yeah, I think we've we've figured that out already. Yeah, it's just because there are EA know, has it. I I mean I compare it to Death, to to De the division because of like you know the, the type of game it is, but it really does feel like Andromeda when you're shooting this the assault rifle, and you know the you know and the shooting in Andromeda was probably the best part of the game. It was, yeah. Um, it's certainly the the best the shooting's ever been in a Mass Effect game, and I hate Andromeda, so so you know it's not. I'll give it credit for that. It's it, the shooting in that game is better than any of the other the other three Mass Effect games, but. It does have this sameness to it in terms of how it feels compared to that. Um, right down to the dodge, you know, the dodging mechanic. It's yeah. just the same as the as the the dodging in Andromeda. Yeah. Um, and is that enough to base like an, an you know kind of like a, a Destiny style like MMO light game around? I don't think so. Probably but, not. But they could get it somewhere. You know, the customization of the of the suits is cool. Like, there's a lot of different things you can do. You can see here. You can customize you know, all the different parts and get decals for all of them and change the paint and change the texture type and change like the, the sheen. You can decide if like your metal is old and rusty or like shiny and new and like but it's like you have to do that stuff with a game as a service. Yeah, it's all there. But you have to because you're gonna sell those cosmetics. That's where right, you're gonna make absolutely. your money. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You can choose whether like the, the the fabric parts of the outfit are like like rubber or uh -huh. leather or plastic or whatever. Not it's like, the least bit surprised yeah, to hear so that. Th that is all very much in place. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's all ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> So, are you still going to play this? Are you still excited for this I game? I fucking paid for it, so yeah, I'm going to play <laughs> it. Um, I'm not as excited about it as I was, just in the sense that, like, and it's not even that I think it's going to be bad forever. I just feel like, like, oh, I bet this is going to be great in, like, September. Right. But, like, right now I'm just worried about what, it's gonna, what state it's going to launch in. Um, all the complaints about the server issues and the, and all that is making me wonder. You know, I've been you didn't even have those. Problems. I didn't have those, but maybe I will have them when the game launches. Right. I don't know. You know, yeah. you, there's no there's no way to tell. Um, did I pick the right platform? Like, should I have gone? You know, which one? Yeah, you know, I, I figured Xbox was safe. Yeah, you would think because it's, it seems to be the lead skew. Yeah. Um, yeah, is all and I just don't Xbox trust. I don't. I don't. How weird is it that I don't trust BioWare PC versions? That's scary anymore. You know. Yeah. Um, could, I don't know. Like maybe could, could this be the end of Bioware, Matt? I don't think it's the end of Bioware. No, um, I think that at the very least they'll get Dragon Age Four out. But you know, you don't last. You don't fall short of EA's expectations forever before they take you out behind that barn and throw you in the pit where they they keep Origin and Westwood and all and Maxis and, then and all those other. Lock up your IP you know, in a vault. Lock your IP never in a vault. Never mention again. it again. <laughs> it's sad, but it's true. Well, I'm holding out hope. I mean, I've watched a ton of footage from the beta, and it looks 
fun to me still. Um, the, 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 I am disappointed in the visuals. The in-game real-time graphics are not as good as I expected them to be. Yeah, the fundamentals are there. It's just, to me, the main thing is the performance isn't there, and there's no reason for it not to be. Like, nothing about this game as I play it makes me think, well, the frame rate's struggling, but I can see why. Because it's not like when you played Crisis back in the day, and you're like, well, it's you know, this yeah. is a beast to run, but I can look at it. It's like, yeah, that's exactly. just not, you I mean, it's why. not a bad-looking game, but it doesn't look to me like, it's not like one of those things where you're like, wow. It, it definitely like, should not bring the Xbox One X to its knees. No, I wouldn't think so. It, I mean, again, <laughs> I don't know anything about game development on the level of, like, how you optimize stuff like that. But, like, it doesn't feel like this game is doing anything unusual to the point that it should be chugging like that and play you know especially because like it's just, you know a lot when you really look at it it's a it's a taller and and more lush andromeda yeah you know like there's a it lot does of, kind of have a similar look to it yeah like the character movement is not too far off that especially when you consider the 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 boosting that you could do in andromeda mm -hmm. just you know if you could fly in andromeda you'd pretty much be halfway there yeah um yeah. So eh. well, we got three weeks here. <laughs> I got really. It's like four. But. I gotta say, the thing that I'm most interested in is like I'd like to see what happens next in the story. Oh, which well, I, that's good. Which I guess is like kind of the Bioware state. I mean, yeah, the fact that the good. Bioware games make me say that is good. Yep. Because um, I like the characters and I liked kind of what they were doing uh, with that, and I'd like to know more, um, which is more than I could ever say about Destiny. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Like, if you could figure out what what yeah. even was happening now to care about what was going to happen yeah, next. I, I didn't feel like this got bogged down in the whole, like, you know, the weird lore. St I mean, there is a lot of weird lore in it, but everybody treats it as kind of what it is as opposed to Destiny, where they're kind of like, like oh, the tower and right. the shadows of the thing, of the, the definite article of this definite article. It's like, stop it. Yeah. That's for Kingdom Hearts. Like, yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Perfect segue. <laughs> so I high, if you're thinking about getting Anthem, I highly, highly recommend finding a way, begging for a code or something. Are they doing another one this weekend? There's another one this weekend. Or like, I don't know, like pre-order it somewhere you can cancel the pre-order, but we'll still give you the code, code. For, the, for the demo. <laughs> like try this thing if you can before you buy it. It's all because I, I mean, I'm kind of stuck because you can't get refunds for pre-orders on, on, on Xbox. Yeah. But like, um... Yeah, I was a little You're blindsided. You're regretting it a little bit. A little bit. A yeah. little bit. I would, I would probably second guess buying this at launch if I were a, like... So what you're saying right now is if you have not pre-ordered yet, do not pre-order. Yeah, wait basically. and see. Wait and see wait what this reviews. turns into. We we'll see if they improve the demo. See if the launch version or the reviews say anything about, you know, performance issues or whatever. Um, it's just, it's... It, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't like to say, like, don't mess with this game because of technical problems because you never know when the technical problems are going to be remedied. But it's like, for a game like Is this... Is that bad enough that Yeah, for a up? game like this, and I mean, I don't know what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting it to be, like, silky smooth Destiny 60 frames a second, but I was at least expecting it to, like... Not make hold me, thirty. Not make me go, oh... Like, like a bunch hold of, 30. A bunch Can you of, hold yeah, 30? Like a bunch of times during this playing playing the game over the weekend i was like it's like oh my god like, it just wow. felt so bad and it wow. chugged so bad that i couldn't believe oh, it sifters, and i'm so good... not used to that on my xbox one x yeah you know? never never you know it's like if even if it's poorly optimized code it like, has the raw horsepower yeah, like to just i'm not plow gonna, right through it like i'm not gonna demand you hit 60 and everything but if you're not gonna target 60 you sure as hell better hit 30 yeah 
in this day and age with wow. these systems, with the with the enhanced, you know, with the Pro and the X at the very least. I'm gonna be praying for the next three weeks that they so can get this thing an, cleaned you know, up. Again, it's an old bit, but I, what I'm saying is, like, even if the the build is old and the final version is gonna hit on February 22nd, does run at a rock solid frame rate, you did not do yourself any favors letting people play this. Yeah, doesn't sound like that's, it. That's 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 my my bottom line on this. All right, let's move along to our last topic of Game Face 155. We're going to talk about, I don't know if it's the biggest, it probably is the biggest release from the last week, even including Resident Evil 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> We've been waiting 12 or 13 years 13 for this years. game. 13 years for this game. Almost 13 years, yeah. And uh, Matt and I have been playing it. We've also seen the Metacritic scores for this game, which are quite high. Um, Matt, let's start there. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel like what you've played of the game is living up to the scores that it's been receiving so far? Well, I'm only five hours in, so I'm past the initial kind of prologue, which they called Kingdom Hearts 2.9, Yeah, even though they run the credits before that. Um, so I'm past the first <laughs> the first world and the initial main exposition points and, and the first visit to Twilight Town, and now I'm going to, I think, Toy Story World is my first stop here. Um, At this point, you've already seen, like, four or five different worlds, though. Yeah, two. Two or three. Well, you've played in two or three, but you've seen a couple more. Because isn't there one world you go to just for, like, one cinematic? I mean, you go to the... You keep going back to... to uh, the Wizard Tower, Yen Sid's Tower, which is just sort of a hub thing, and that's more from Dream Drop Distance. And then there was there's like a Dark Shore thing, which has been part of like a bunch of the secret endings in the past. It's weird, like it's like it's it, there's a lot of fan service in terms of like like hey that thing that kept popping up in those videos you didn't understand here you are. And it's like okay, and you still don't know what it you is. Still don't really know. What it is. <laughs> um, the fact that this, I mean, the fact that this game so far that is getting those scores is a little crazy to me um i find it to be sort of mediocre so far uh even as someone who has played the kingdom hearts games and like okay yeah we should probably preface more or less understands what i'm looking at yeah matt has enjoyed kingdom hearts in the past far more than i have yes i have never been a fan of this series i've tried all of them i've never stuck with any of them i mean i think i think the 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 stories and everything i think they're they're incredibly stupid and yes. convoluted nonsense but i think they're charming at the same time and i like the characters like like i i like the characters the story is ridiculous but like i like the care i like sora and riku and i like uh you know the interactions with donald and goofy for the most part i like the disney integration like i think it's it's a it's fun it doesn't have to be shakespeare right um even even if it's fans sometimes seems to think it is um it doesn't have to be like that uh, I've had plenty of good times playing several of these games. Uh, that said, you remember when we talked about Resident Evil 2, about updating the presentation and updating kind of how everything is acted and done and cut and made to kind of fit what we expect from a modern video game and modern horror movie? Yep. Kingdom Hearts 3 has chosen the exact opposite tactic <laughs> of this. I am astounded by how primitive the production values are in this game in terms of the cutscenes, the dialogue, and the, and the cinematic presentation in a game that is based around Disney stuff. Like, 
the early stuff where they're talking nonsense is one thing, but like when they get the, the first area, you main area you play in is uh, Olympus with Hercules and all that kind of stuff. And the conversations with Hercules feel like they were made on a PlayStation 2. Like the, the weird pauses between dialogue lines, like someone says a, a line and then the next line doesn't come for like half a second longer than you think it should. Like people are constantly walking to their mark and then delivering a line in a really unnatural way. Like this game is very Japanese. But even but like so's Resident Evil. Like Resident Evil 2 was made in Japan. Yeah, but it's, and it's not, not very like Japanese that. though. <laughs> but like You know what I'm saying right, though. Right, it's got that anime thing, but like I watched a lot of anime in my lifetime. And they don't wait for seconds at a time, but but in normal, it's not even like dramatic pausing. It's just the dialogue doesn't play. It's, it's, like, it's not even about you're like sitting there the pauses like, are bad and it makes it awkward. It feels but like then the when lines... they finally say something, it doesn't matter, and it just right. Ugh. Well, it's just Matt. It's, it's... I stopped watching the cinematics in this game at about the four and a half hour mark. I just don't care. I just started skipping them, and as part of it is what you said. They drag on. Forever. In fact, Sam, there's a clip on the TriCaster that I want to play for the Sifters. And there's audio, so make sure you turn you have the audio turned on for it. Just to give you guys an example of what we're talking about, here is a clip from the game. It's no. It's like it says Kingdom Hearts terrible. <laughs> Kingdom yeah. Hearts terrible. That's the next game in the series. There no fanfare? <laughs> <sighs> nope. Looks like we missed the Colosseum. Mm. You're up on the gate. <laughs> I was a little off again. Sorry. We'll find him. But we need to go. Yeah. Up is the usual direction. Well, never hurts to have your head in the clouds. <laughs> exactly. Exactly what? Like, I don't even know what he's referring to. I don't either. It, it, a lot of it feels like it needed another kind of localization pass. The dialogue, the writing of the, of the dialogue itself. A pass. Um, the uh, <laughs> it yeah, I, completely rewritten. Well, that's what a pass is sometimes. Well, um, it's just it's. It's not quite. It doesn't feel like the localization finished baking. Uh, there's also there's a lot of like you see in that cutscene. There's a lot of like the weird sort of like anime yeah, arm like movements, the... hand movements, and that's not even. I, I there's like scenes in the in Yen Sid's chamber where like Sora's arguing with Donald or like Sora's getting ignored by Riku and everybody. Where like they're doing sort of like the wacky, um, the wacky comedy anime stuff where like someone's falling down or like. Like, you know, like fall, kind of like their whole body droops because they're unhappy or whatever. And that works in like a you know, hand-drawn 2D squash and stretch animation situation where like you can frame it right and do that. But they're trying to do it with like these 3D character models that just with mostly with a glazed expression that like don't sell it at all. And so weird. And The whole game is weird because there's parts of it that I like. Oddly enough, I kind of like the combat. I've actually enjoyed myself when I'm playing the game. Mm -hmm. And look, I have, I've only played I don't, a quarter, not even, of the game at this point. And I wonder if it will wear thin over time. But 
and it's simple. You basically just mash a button, and then you build meters, and you yeah. hit triangle to send and off. Crazy like, cinematic stuff happens, yeah. and yeah, but it's so far, it's been fun because yeah. so many crazy attacks have just popped up in this game. It's like, and most of them are based on Disney attractions. Mm -hmm. One thing I will say is, as someone who hasn't played a ton of Kingdom Hearts, is this whole game just feels like a really expensive advertisement for Disney. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much what it is. I mean. That's really what it feels like to me. Like, all the big attacks are based on, like, Disney rides and attractions. Like, it feels a little dirty playing the game. But at the same time, the attacks are so over the top. It's like you get, like, the pirate ship ride that just materializes on the battlefield and swings back and forth, like, taking mm -hmm. out enemies. You get on, like, the... And that stuff is not, like, um, something you build. To. It's like, you, all you have to do to get, like, the big ride things is you you hit the enemy with the green circle around him in the in the big group of enemies. Yeah. Whack, it's, it's done. And They're, it's, like, so and you fast. And you will usually win the whole battle just with that thing. Yeah. And I assume... I've it will had, be, like, four of them stacked, like, yeah. waiting for me to activate before. I assume it will, will you know... There will be more to it moving forward. The yeah. Kingdom Hearts battle I system, hope. Kingdom Hearts battle systems do tend to unfold, you know. The aerial gradually. stuff I can already see is starting to yeah. get a little more in depth. So I've actually, this is very funny. I have enjoyed the nuts and bolts of this game. When, it's it, oddly when it lets in, you play. Yeah, right. Which the first four hours, I think I actually played for like an hour and a half. Right. I mean, it is just one overwrought, boring, dreadful cinematic after another. But when I've actually played the game, I've really enjoyed it. Um, so I'm hoping as time goes on, the cinematics go away and they let you actually experience playing the game a little bit more. If that's the case, I think I may be on a hang. Yeah. It's but, just, it's so weird to me that like, can you not hire a sound editor that knows how dialogue works? Oh, it's works? so bad, like, it's man. It's so weird. It's a, like offensively like, bad. Yeah, like we're, that's the thing I don't get is like we're in a world where we have God of War and Spider-Man and Red Dead Redemption 2 in, within the last year's memory. And that were made is, in like three or four yeah. years. And how is this acceptable? How is this kind of presentation acceptable? It's like. Because it doesn't have, I mean, Persona 5 doesn't feel like this. Yeah. Like what? Like it's not like it's a Japanese RPG or like JRPG sort of like that's just how they do it because like you know Persona Five doesn't feel like that. Dragon Quest Eleven doesn't feel like that. It's made by the same company. The first impression I got is that they did not want to redo the cinematics for English, which boggles my mind because this game has been in development for over a freaking decade. Like I think we talked about this game before, and I said that why I thought it was taking so long was that they just wanted to make it as good as possible and they probably had to redirect all the cinemas, rework the angles, the timing, redo all the, the facial animation. No. No. Like, well, what were they they've doing? Def they've definitely redone the, the lip sync. Some of places, it. Which Some is, of it's which they've pretty awful. They've done that in, in all the game, all the major games for the most part. Not the handheld ones too much, but the but Kingdom Hearts 2, they did that. They But you can actually see that uh, if you watch the, there's like a like five chapter like catch up story so far thing in the main menu. Yeah. Oh, they, they if do you their watch best that, to catch you up. If you watch that, uh, you'll see that like they have changed the dialogue to English, but they have not used English version footage uh, so the so the lips don't match the, the okay but then sometimes like they don't change it and like there's a couple scenes that i've seen where like Haley Joel osmond's delivering a line with incredibly strange pauses in it because he has to do it that way to make it fit sore his fit, mouth yeah um so it goes it changes it's, it's like almost half and half uh, from what i'm I just sure that i am 
this game is not what I thought it was going to be at all. I thought the combat was going to be terrible, and I was going to have to suffer through the gameplay, but I thought the cinematics and the story was going to be amazing. And I will say this, the game... You really haven't played Kingdom Hearts I, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. That was what my impression so expect, of it was. I expected the opposite. I expected... Because the combat has always been good, especially like in the you know Birth by Sleep really, really revamped it. I mean, that was... That's the thing. People talk, you know, people are like, oh, it's been 13. It's like, well, there have been other games since Kingdom Hearts 2. It's like, yeah, but the last major game that came out in the series was Birth, was uh, uh, Dream Drop Distance, which was 2012, which was seven years ago. Yeah. Like, Xenohort, who's like the main ultimate bad guy in the series, was introduced in Birth by Sleep and expanded upon in Dream Drop Distance. And since Dream Drop Distance, it took so long to make this game that both the Japanese and English voice actors for Xenohort died. <laughs> I hate like, to laugh at somebody passing, like, but... And, which I think is why Xenohort, uh, the character who I think is, is meant to be Xenohort, is young now. Because right. they, they had to recast it. <laughs> um, but the, here, here's the thing about this game, I just game, didn't though. expect it. I expected it to be nonsensical. I expected it to be goofy and weird and just sort of like, you know, everybody be smile and Sora be happy and heart and the courage of our friends and da 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 But I did, to me, it's the, the production of it, the, the technical production of the dialogue and the cutscenes is atrocious in it terms is, of like yeah. making it flow properly like that's it's just very like, awkward like you can get away with a lot of nonsense if you like make the cutscenes flow with some conviction but half the time it seems like the people delivering the dialogue don't even know what they're reading yeah it sounds like they're reading it's it for very, the first time yeah there's a lot of moments <laughs> where, where it sounds like they've never read this text before yeah like they're just is, like hey we got a couple extra pages today can you read these <laughs> which isn't even in character for the this series I know, like I the, know. the voice acting has always been pretty solid in this and like I don't even think Kingdom... I just replayed some of these in the HD collections that came on PS4, and this is worse, like, in terms of the sound editing. It's weird. Here's the thing, though. This game is all about spectacle. That's really what it's about. And I think it does a really good job of delivering on that. Whether you're a Disney fan or a Square Enix fan, or you just, like, elaborate over-the-top combat and attacks, this game succeeds at that stuff. I am enjoying playing it. Mm -hmm. It's the parts in between the playing that is just grounds the game to a halt for me. But as a gameplay first guy, I think it's going to carry me through to play the game. I have to say, like, as long as they keep giving me mm -hmm. new attacks like that, I think I'll keep playing yeah, it. Yeah, well, that's the dirty little secret about Kingdom Hearts is, like... Do you run out of them really fast? No, the dirty little secret is that it's actually pretty fun to play when you get to play. Yeah. Like, if you ignore the gummy ship garbage, and you ignore, if you ignore like, all those stupid story stuff that nobody bothers to keep up with unless you were 12 when the first game came out and it was the parent that loved you, so that's the game that you like. <laughs> um, like, you just ignore that stuff and sort of go with it and kind of have fun with it and see the Disney stuff and just enjoy the fact that whacking things with the Keyblade feels really good. Well, like, I would say that actually whacking stuff with a Keyblade doesn't feel that good. Like, well, there's it, no well, sense of time. impact with it. Well, there is. A, give it time. Like, okay. that's what I'm saying. Is once, once as you build it up. As you build it up, as you get the, you know, the, the combo extension abilities, and, like, by the end of the game... You are this whirling dervish of just like monstrous like combos and crazy. I already air feel like that, that, honestly. But it's going to get more and more and more and more. Like like, okay. like by the end of the game, you feel like a complete badass. That's one of the reasons. Early on, one of the big things in the game is everybody's talking about how Sora's been stripped of his powers and he right. doesn't have the abilities he used to. That's because at the end of the last couple games, he was a god, <laughs> like with a, with a giant sword that's also a key right. for some reason. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, so yeah, you, you're, you're gonna get to the point where, like, you can string together some crazy stuff by the end of this game, I'm sure. Like, that's just, just Kingdom Hearts 
standard. But I am, even as someone who's prepared and has played all the all these games with their ridiculous stories and their ridiculous babble and you know exposition stuff, I am astounded by how primitive the cutscene presentation in terms of like the dialogue, the, the the performances and and the cutting together of the dialogue feels. It just I don't see any reason for it to be like that, especially in a in a product that seems like it should be have its eyes it should have its targets squarely on like a worldwide market i'm surprised disney signed off on a lot of this shit yeah i don't i'm I'm, i mean (laughs) so they must have got the guy at disney drunk whenever they showed him a lot of this or at a certain point you're just like just get it out yeah and the other thing is like while the combat feels good i think the world exploration exploration stuff feels really half-assed and half-baked it's also like a it's designed like a game from the ps2 era it's like like, crazy linear what i'm saying is like I mean, like, when you're running around in the areas and, like, you know, you want to explore stuff, exploration in the previous mainline, you know, the numbered games involved platforming your way around up stuff and kind of jumping around here and going exploring this section. But now it's like everything you can just run straight up. Yeah, like and it any feel- wall that has a shimmer on it, you can just run yeah. up the wall. And, like, and that's almost every wall you yeah. run into in some areas. And a lot of the and, walls will have a fence at the top so you can't get right. on the top of the building. It's like, why and, did you let me run up the wall then? Well, to, like, well, to, to me, it feels very much like they just sort of punted yeah. on... The platform, because the, the jumping is so weird and floaty in this weird. game. I would not want to play a platformer like, with these It controls. feels to me like they just like kind of gave up on that kind of platforming style exploration. So just let them run up the wall. Because otherwise, like, why is that there? <laughs> why does it feel so weird? Yeah. And on top of that, it means like when you're running around like Twilight Town, like three quarters of the buildings are covered in this weird glowing white light that's rushing up the buildings. And you're like, this looks stupid. It like looks this, weird, yeah. Like there's I no have a way, feeling that that was the result of it feels like, like a, a brainstorming meeting. And someone is like, like we'll how do we let them run up the walls. Like how do we patch this? And then somebody like, else goes, that's genius. Right. It saves us it feels, to all this time and money. To me, it feels like like a band-aid yeah. it feels like they just had to had to, they couldn't get it to quite gel properly so they just like let them run up the walls and that's yeah. one of the reasons when you run up some in the in the the you know the, the action worlds running up walls is just how you get to the next section with no effort whatsoever because you also see it with like when you have to think jump across things it's usually just each thing you jump automatic. to is it's automatic it's, they just glow with sparkles and you just hold the the hold stick forward and, and they just he just runs across it, it goes, which yeah. has never been how kingdom hearts uh, has worked before interesting um the fact that so much of the traversal and, and movement is automatic to me says that like they couldn't get that to done it also sounds like it properly. might be an upgrade over the old way though but like the the, the it's <laughs> but an, you're right it's it, like a the, band-aid it's a it, the, the platforming in two was pretty good was it like the like one is i mean you're pro- one had bad movement in a lot of places especially when like you're i still think that introducing you to that game by making you play the alice in wonderland world like the first three worlds in kingdom hearts one of the worst worlds in the series interesting like alice in wonderland is weird and claustrophobic and hard to figure out if you're not ready for what it's going to be olympus is just standard boring arena stuff and then tarzan with all the vine crap uh that's been tweaked a little bit in the hd remix versions and the final mix version but like when I originally played it, I stopped there because I couldn't figure out where to go because I kept getting turned around on the vines and I'd end up in the same uh, place and I couldn't yeah. figure out what was happening. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you get to the better, like Agrabah and like some of these other worlds are better. But like Kingdom Hearts 1 has one of the worst like initial like five hours of any, and that's not even including the hour or two you have to spend running around Destiny Islands picking up coconuts and shit. <laughs> like to, to Kingdom Hearts 3's credit, you don't have that weird slow, you know, like in, in Kingdom Hearts 2, you had like four hours of playing as Roxas 
running around eating salt, sea salt ice cream with children you've never met before and all this stuff. I mean, you know, getting in like tournament contests with juvenile versions of Final Fantasy characters. It's completely nonsense. And in this game, it's just boom, we're, go we're going. We're going to Olympus. We're meeting Hercules. We're fighting Titans. We're blowing shit up. Like the fucking mountains coming down. There's lava. Like, it's like they are upping the scope in a way that can't be done. The scope and the scale of yeah. this game is its best asset. Yeah, because one opinion. of the things that I've always found up to be a problem with Kingdom Hearts is all the, especially the Disney worlds, feel very kind of folded in. And like, you know, when you really like step back like most of them are like five rooms yeah. you know and nothing really happened and in this one they're definitely stepping up the idea that like you know if you're gonna put me in hercules you better have the scope of hercules right. if you're gonna put me in the toy story room that room better look as big as it, it would look to a toy yeah you know like and they and they get that they they do that i think uh, i well, think the presentation in this game other than the cut scenes is yeah. pretty good i mean texture quality is really high oh and you're actually Here's a, Frame rate for me on my PS4 Pro here, is rock solid. Well, that's, that's another thing. Here, here's, here's So that, that one cutscene there. There's the automatic jumping there. The one cutscene there with the two guys playing chess. Yeah. Um, the dialogue in that scene is not cut weird. That's the thing is it's not consistently weird. It's still dead boring. Well, but. that's not my point, though. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, <laughs> talk, know, I'm talking about saying. the technical production of the thing. I mean, I don't care what they're saying. I just mean that like when they're talking to each other in that scene and a couple of the other scenes elsewhere in the game... It doesn't feel like between each line, everyone forgot where the script was. Yeah. You know, like, it's not one thousand percent terrible, right? But it, but like, <laughs> even if you don't care or don't understand what they're saying in that chess scene, you aren't sitting there as a producer thinking like, why is this so weirdly paced? Why is why yeah. are they not responding to each other in a timely manner the way normal human beings converse with each other? Yeah. And that happens constantly in other things in some in this game, and sometimes not. It's really freaking me out. It's like it's like. Uh, like when I saw Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, someone posted on Twitter yesterday or the day before, like, what is up with the editing in this scene? And it's a scene where the, the queen, the band is, is sitting in this cafe, which is actually green screened horribly. And the guy who played Littlefinger uh, in Game of Thrones comes up and like talks to them about business stuff. And it's the cuts are like every second and a half, they're cutting to a different thing. And it's like, you're watching it and you're like, what in the world is happening? Like, why are you doing this? Why are you? Why did you cut to a shot of a chair just now? Yeah. And like, I feel like that when I'm, I'm playing this game, the cut scenes are, and the dialogue scenes are constantly making me go, taking me out of it. Not even that like I'm saying like, oh, you're ruining my immersion in the in the world of hearts and darkness kind of thing. I'm saying like, I'm constantly thinking, why did you do that? Yeah. Why did you have this two second pause between someone saying like, we have to go get whatever. And someone is, and there's like a pause. No one says anything for two seconds, and it's like, yeah. It's like, why is that there? Why? I mean, is that's that like kind of that whole game in a nutshell, if you ask me. As far as uh, the way the story is told in the cutscenes. Yeah, but I'm not talking about the. I'm talking about the literal, you know, the literal technical. I am taking this sound that this person makes, and then the next sound is the. No, response. I get it. Like, it's you just, made it abundantly clear the pacing I, of the dialogue. Yeah, I don't is care terrible. whether the story makes sense. Any, they any saw it though. That's why I played yeah. that clip. I mean, there's like five instances of yeah, that in that like just, twenty second clip. But like, if you like, watch that, op the opening is the, the very first thing it plays is that chess game. Yeah. And I didn't notice it in that because that's more or less cut together like the way normal people talk to each other. I didn't even pay it. After they said like three things, I just stopped paying attention. I yeah. Because I didn't understand what they were talking about but anyway. I, but I can take you know. 
Kingdom Heartsy, you know, anime nonsense stuff. Mm -hmm. Just you know, I just sort of bleep over it and figure I'll figure it out later, right? Yeah. But if I don't figure it out later, who cares? You know, like I didn't know until this, till now, exactly who. When you fought Riku, he was actually in the first game. He was actually Ansem, who was actually right. being, <laughs> who was actually being possessed, possessed by, by Terra Zenohort, who yeah. was originally the original Terra from Birth by Sleep, but then he was possessed by, Z and then so now he's the one who got turned into uh, Zemnus and the Nobody and the Heartless of Zehnort, and that's why those guys are young and the Zehnort's old. I don't know what, see, like, <laughs> and already you're in crazy territory. But if you just put that in there as, like, normally cut dialogue that is, like, plays like an actual scene you would see in a normal human being movie, I will not notice it. But when you combine that with, like, these terrible, awkward pauses and strange, like, like dialogue that doesn't respond to each other, like, I'm just like, now I can't even do that. Like, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm, and I probably will start skipping stuff. You know, I haven't started skipping stuff like you have yet. But at a certain point, if I just, you know, if I don't understand it or I don't care about it, plus the production value is continually irritating me, yep. like, yeah, I could That's see exactly myself just happened. jumping forward. I just forward. got completely fed up with all of it. I was and like, I'm, screw this. And I'm astounded that in this, this, you know, you want to talk about a triple A video game. Triple A. For, I mean, what the <laughs> hell is going on at Square Enix? And I don't, I don't even understand it because it's like, what do they use all Dragon this Age time? Eleven isn't like that. Yeah, I know. And Dragon Age Eleven is more anime than any. I mean, it's Akira Toriyama, yeah. and it's like, why is the? I mean, Dragon and Dragon Age. I would or Dragon Age, Dragon Warrior, <laughs> Dragon yeah. Warrior Eleven. I would let get away with that because it is so rooted in kind of that Japanese aesthetic with Toriyama's art and everything. But they don't. They play it more or less like a modern freaking movie, and yeah. I, don't, I just don't get it. RPG elements are pretty light, relatively speaking. Um, and again, I'm not a ton of the way into the game, but so far, I mean, you kind of see all the systems at this point, and it's not like hardcore JRPG stuff. Like, I think if you're not a big RPG player, I think you'll probably find that it's like a good, happy medium between... Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, the way, if you want to get down to the nitty-gritty of how the game plays, you're, it's more akin to, like... Devil May Cry light yeah. than anything. It's it's an, it's a character action game that happens to have hit points and ability equipments. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's really what's happening here. So here's the mo here's the big moment. Do we recommend people buy this, Matt? Uh, and the answer is, it doesn't matter because we don't it, we don't matter. Like, what like do you it, mean we don't matter? Because if you're interested in this game, you already have it. Oh, like. But there are look there. I have not enjoyed any Kingdom Hearts before, and. I still decided to give this a go, and I am, in fact, enjoying it mostly. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping there's more gameplay as time goes on and less cinematics. I don't know. But I think this could be something that people maybe who have kind of turned away from this franchise in the past, they might be able to enjoy this game. Do you think that's the case? Eh, yeah. I don't feel like this is going to change your mind if you've never played one of these before. Like I get, I get why people are kind of looking at it if they aren't into the series because it's a big, high-profile release and it's taken, you know, 13 years or whatever, and um, et cetera, et cetera. But like, this is like, I don't know. It's like watching Infinity War first. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Not to insult Infinity War by comparing it to this technical disaster, yeah. but like. <laughs> Uh, if you if you aren't already invested, it's going to be pretty hard to get interested in what is happening, and really, you're only here for the Disney porn. I think what I would say is it's a kids game. Except it's for people who were 14 
in 2002. It's like, it's like, it, it's got to be at least somewhat targeting people who were kids when Kingdom Hearts was out. I'm not saying he was targeting. I'm just saying this is a kid's game. Kids will love this game. If you're a Disney freak, you're going to like it no matter what because you like anything Disney does. But if you're not, like, if you're like me and you're not particularly a fan of Disney or particularly a fan of Square Enix, it can be tough to make it through. Um, and yeah. again, I hope the, the quotient of gameplay to, to story starts going more in my favor here as time goes on. I think it might. Um, I think I'm going to stick with it. I don't know if I'll mm-hmm. finish it or not. We'll see. But I'm not like... I, I think I said a couple weeks ago, I, don't th- I didn't even think I'd play this. So I am playing it, and I am <laughs> enjoying myself moderately at times. And I haven't... And after playing, you know, five, six, seven hours, whatever it's been, I <laughs> still want to play more. Yeah. I, I want that on the back of the box for the final mix version. I am playing it, and I am moderately enjoying myself, and I will play more. <laughs> Shane Satterfield. Shane Satterfield. Sifted. <laughs> um, I, I, but what shocked me is that it's been okay in areas I thought it was going to be terrible, and it's been terrible in areas I thought it was going to be okay. Right. Well, the funny thing is I think that's pretty much true of the whole series. Yeah. Uh, and so like maybe you, know, maybe you should, like I said, I, about Kingdom Hearts 1... Because I think you tried to play that when the HD remix came out, and you were yep. like, "Nope." Yep. Um, you should try Kingdom Hearts two because two is is where they get the battle system down. Um, the variety is what's keeping me going because yeah. it is, it's it's the the whole thing of the unexpected. You really don't know what's going to happen one minute to the next. You could get some crazy attack yeah. that just changes like everything. Like um, that's a good way to maybe look at the cutscenes. Even the characters don't know what they're going to say next. <laughs> they don't know what they're going to say next. So. Uh, so I would say, man, I don't know. Disney fans, definite buy. Square Enix fans, eh, it's not Square, really that Square, Square Enix. Enix. Yeah, well, no, I think it is. I mean, this is the this is as Nomura as it gets. I mean, because because you got to remember, like the Disney stuff is there, and the Final Fantasy crossover stuff is sort of vaguely present. But what the King, what Kingdom Hearts has really become since two, especially when with all the interim games, is these Nomura characters just sort of getting layered on top of it as sort of this like. I mean, I think it's intended as, like, the main draw beyond the Disney stuff is, like, all these characters in all their robes and belts, like, having their interpersonal drama or whatever. Just nobody knows what the hell is happening. Uh, Not because it's necessarily super complicated. It's just been told in such a convoluted style. Because the other thing is, like, if you watch the five, like, story so far things, they tell the story in a completely different order than the games do. Because it's the only way to properly understand it. They try, and I, would, I was going to say this earlier. The game tries really hard to get noobs up to speed. Yeah. They, There's they, literally like three long cinematics. that. Yeah. But the problem is, is like they're all presented differently. And the information's in different order. And I can never follow it. So mm-hmm. I honestly have no clue what I'm doing. It, despite the game's best efforts to inform me. I, st- I mean, I've played all these games, and I've watched all the backstory content, and i watched all the catch-up stuff in this one, and I still don't quite understand what they're talking about when they say, use the darkness in your heart. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, they've been saying it for, like, three games now, yeah. and usually in, re- in reference to Maybe Riku. at the end of this one, they'll explain it. No, they won't. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I think, and I think it's just because, like, heart basically now means soul in this series, but they don't call it that because it's called Kingdom Hearts, and you can't call it Kingdom Souls. Yeah. And, like, souls is an actual term for something that some people believe in, and I don't think anybody believes that their heart is a 
magical spinny thing in their chest right. that defines who they are. <laughs> right. Um, and now Roxas has two, or Sora has two of them because Roxas is in his heart and Roxas is in a digital version from Dream from Recoded. I mean, I mean, Recoded becomes a thing that you need to know about in this, which I never thought would happen. It's crazy. And then the deep backstory is all explained in the mobile game. Kingdom Hearts. We're P, all gonna play that, <laughs> which had a big like. They had a, they had a, I I've never played that. Um, that came out in 2013 in Japan, and then came here in like 2016. I'd never played it because I don't care. But then I found out that like the backstory of it is like the the deep backstory of all the lore and the Kingdom Hearts stuff and where all the Keyblade shit comes from. So I watched the back cover movie of it on um, the the HD remix thing uh, yesterday, and I fell asleep. So I still don't know <laughs> what any of that was. <clears throat> well, I guess I would say I don't think I've played enough yet to be able to tell people whether to buy it or not. Yeah, it's still very early. And I, and I admit, that's a failure. I probably should have put away more time. I've just been crazy busy over the last well, few I didn't days. I get it till 9 p.m. last night. I've so actually had it, it for a few days. I just haven't had time to play because I've been working on a bunch of site stuff. So I should have played it more. I wish I could tell you guys right now whether I think you should buy it or not. I really can't do that yet. But I will say this. I think most people know whether they're going to buy it or not. Well, I think a certain segment of people are going to buy it no matter what. But I think there are other people like me who are kind of wondering, like, maybe this is the one. Um, I, I don't know if that's the case. I don't see why it would be. Yeah. Other than that's like, a good way to put it. <laughs> like, really. Like it's, not any, yeah. you know, it's not any different. Yeah. If, if two didn't do it for you, I don't know why this one would do it for you. That's, yeah. that's basically what I'm saying. It's like, you're either in or you're not by now. I will say this. And I get the curiosity about it because it's like this thing that's, you know, it's like Shenmue 3. I think you have a similar conversation around Shenmue 3 if that manages to come out in August uh, where it's like, oh, there's a lot of people curious because it was a Kickstarter and it's been forever and it was, these games have these crazy, this crazy reputation. But if you actually sit down and try to play that thing without having any kind of, in, you know, introduction or any kind of like, you know, grounding in this previous series, it's, you're going to sort of wonder what all the fuss is about. And at least, at least with this one, you get to see Toy Story. I will say this. I have seen and played enough already to know that if I were to review this game on the 7 to 10 scale that all the sites use, it would definitely not be a 9 or higher. Definitely no, I, not. If this was not Kingdom Hearts, I think it would be scoring 6s and 7s. I don't know that yet because I haven't played enough of it. But I do know that I've seen enough bad in the time that I've played it that there's no way this game would get anywhere near a 9 right. or above. Well, already just the nonsense in terms... Like, it's, it's a real testament to the idea that like, if you're already invested in these things, you'll accept a lot of bullshit. Because yeah, I think a, you're right, if it, it does. If a, if a game with no like pedigree like this showed up... Yeah. Like just a random J- action JRPG showed up with all this sort of like impenetrable. Oh, there would be babble. memes all over oh, the place, like, man. Like, what would that? You know, like you're talking about like the difference between like you know scores for Devil May Cry two versus scores for Chaos Legion. Yeah, let's go back to let's go back to PS two <laughs> shit right there. And I just think that you know, and there's a lot of like you know people who are reviewing games right now are the right age to have grown up with Kingdom Hearts, and so you're automatically going to have some kind of investment with that. Um, it's just like I would probably when when the time comes I will probably would probably rate Shenmue three higher than someone who had never bothered with Shenmue before. Yeah. And I think with the HD collections of Shenmue one and two, you saw people who had never touched them before jump in and be like, "This is what you people were yelling about for like ten years, yeah. like this thing." And like I think if you haven't already been invested in these games either through the originals or through the HD remixes, you're gonna struggle to understand what's so special about this thing. Outside of like, well, if you're a Disney fan, 
duh. Yeah. You know? Uh, music's really good, though. Yep. Although that was one Music thing. is good. The voice acting I don't like. I, no, I don't think Mickey sounds like Mickey at all. That's Mickey's new voice. It's That's a you're, shame. You're, that's... Goofy's old... okay. I can't understand anything uh, Donald says. Well, that's the joke. But like... I mean, I could always understand him in Disney cartoons. Yeah. Well, the part of, in this game, Part I of can't. it is because every once in a while, I'd say one out of three Donald lines is a little too muddy. Yeah, um, I can't understand what like he's a, saying. It's almost like a sound quality. Yeah, thing. it might be. Um, yeah. I can generally figure out what he's saying, but it's like, like, you know, like the running gag with Donald. He Duck. cracks all the jokes too, so right. you end up missing all the punchlines. Well, it's okay because they're all timed horribly, so they're not funny. <laughs> anyway. um, the running gag with Donald has always been that you can't understand what he's saying, but like I've always, I always could. Yeah. Could. Uh, Clarence Nash was an ex, ex expert voice actor that knew exactly how to do that voice. They found good people to do those vo- the voice ever since. Um, and the current, you know, the current, I think it's the same guy who was doing it before and a guy who's doing Donald's voice in uh, uh, the new DuckTales. But, um, yeah, the, the, the sound mixing on this is just a little muddy sometimes. And you can't, and it's fine with Goofy. I mean, Goofy's very clear. Bill Farmer's been doing Goofy's voice for as long as we've been alive. Yeah, he's good, much. yeah. Um, but, like, you just can't quite make out what he's saying sometimes. And it feels like it's in the mix. It doesn't feel like it's the, the line read. It feels like it's it's in the sound mix. Mickey bothers more, me more than anything. You I can just think... totally tell it's a dude throwing his voice to sound like Mickey yeah, Mouse. He's doing, he's doing Mickey. Right. Uh, he doesn't just speak naturally. But the, right, but the guy who voiced Mickey for most of our our lives died, so they yeah. replaced him with a They need to find a better ago. replacement. I don't, well, <laughs> I have the same question about uh, Kermit the Frog. The guy, same. The, the, I agree the a Kermit million the Frog, percent. Like, I don't think he sounds it's like It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. You, it sounds like a guy trying to sound like Kermit the Frog. Yeah. And that's what I got. we get with Mickey. But The other thing is, uh, I, so at the beginning of the game, uh, you get the traditional Kingdom Hearts... Uh, you know, CG dreamlike movie where Hikaru Utada's song plays over it. It's like a dubstep. And the fu- well, that's the thing is, like, I think it's funny that so much as time has passed. That now dubstep is that yesterday's pop, pop music has changed. <laughs> so like, yeah. the song in this one doesn't feel like it fits the others at all. No. It's, it, it's a huge crazy jump. The other thing uh, you mentioned about the performance um, on PS4 Pro at the standard 4K. If you're playing it on a 4K TV, it runs like 40 frames a second. It 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 it, it feels a little weird. Digital Foundry did a bunch of comparison stuff on them, uh, so it doesn't. It runs very very 40 45 ish. Uh, on the Xbox One X, it tends to hover more around 60. I'm playing on the PS4 Pro, and what I found, and also what Digital Foundry recommends, is leave the graphics on the default mode and go into the PlayStation, not the game options, the PlayStation 4 options. Change the output to 1080p, and you will get pretty close to 60. I've been having problems. I don't know if you guys noticed on the footage, but there's a black thin border around all the footage. That I can't figure out what that is. I don't know either. I have no idea. You're capturing off the pro. Yeah. Yeah, I don't because we tested it on my TV. When yeah, you got that's here, fine. It's not I don't there. know what's going on. Some I don't kind know of what that is. Thing going on, but anyway, we'll we'll talk again about Kingdom Hearts three next week. It'll be shorter. But once both of us have some more time, mm-hmm. we'll come back in and kind of give our, our final judgment on it. But that's what, we, what we've experienced so far based upon the early going. And uh, hopefully that'll give you guys some ammunition so you can decide whether you want to plunk down your 60 bucks. Yeah. I mean, I think most people... Already plunked it down. They know if they're in or They out plunked it down those. 12 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I wonder if there are people that still have like slips from like electronics boutique. I've seen people. Like... I saw someone show up to. A, I remember someone showed up to electronics boutique with a nine-year-old pre-order slip for Daikatana. 
when that came out. <laughs> That's great. Um, I saw people uh, on Twitter that were saying um, uh, there was like a some like price error on Amazon in 2015 for this game that people got it for 40 bucks pre-order, no. and like there was a problem for some of the like Amazon was either uh. not on But I was like. You've had this game pre-ordered since 2015? Like, That's nothing compared wow. to some people. Like, yeah. I mean, I know you can go to GameStop and put a pre-order down on anything, whether it exists or not. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, that was GameStop was just taking your five bucks. Well, yeah, bucks it's like, no hell yeah, we'll take your five bucks. Especially, especially today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You might want to go get that money now. <laughs> They'll take your Metroid Prime 4 pre-order right now, I promise you. All right, it's time for our trailer of the week. Originally, I actually had this game slotted in as a topic for the show, uh, but the more I thought about it, the more I realized that we probably wouldn't have that much to say about it. Um, I definitely don't. Yep, so a brand new action RPG set in the Dragon Ball Z universe was announced this week. Shockingly, not for Switch. It's only announced for PC, PS4, and Xbox One right now. Hmm. Um, But it's an action RPG set in the DBZ universe. I know you want to see it. Let's roll it. never-ending search for the ultimate fight. This is the story of the mysterious Dragon Balls. A story about determination. Despair. The story of Goku, the one they call Kakarot. All right, Matt, so that's all we have on that game for now, but I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Would you prefer the game play like a beat em up? Or would you prefer that when you actually have combat, you go to a separate fighting screen where you fight like a 2D fighting game? I mean, the honest answer is I could not possibly care less. Because <laughs> I don't care about Dragon Ball. Um, but I, in general, I think I would prefer um, something similar to Yakuza. Yeah. Where, you, where it's built, you, you just stay in the world. It. Yeah. yeah, I hate games that like take you away. Mm-hmm. Um, turn-based RPGs. Because if you really want to jump, like, you, have, you have Dragon Ball Fighters if you really want to play yeah. more of a you know, specific fighting-oriented thing. I'd rather see them do like kind of like a Fist of the North Star, the Yakuza teams. 
Fist of the North Star game did. Yeah. Because that captured that pretty well, and I assume you could capture the the uh, Dragon Ball fighting style pretty well if you put your mind to it. Yep. Uh, by the way, that is scheduled to come out this year. They have not announced a date for it yet, but it is scheduled for 2019, so mm. we'll see. I guess the secret now is just put Z at the end of everything yeah. after Fighters <laughs> blew up. Although, I guess they're just going to stop doing tournaments with that now. That, Why? Well, because they, they keep getting, having to get it pulled in Japan from, from EVO Japan and all these tournaments because uh, it sounds like the company that owns the rights to the, the manga keep saying, like, pay us or you can't use it or something. Are you kidding oh, me for esports yeah, tournaments? Yeah, look it up on, uh, like, Kotaku and stuff. Like, they've been reporting on it. Like, uh, they keep they keep having to pull it from tournaments in Japan and stuff because, like, not not Funima- or not the Toei, not the, apparently it's not Toei, but apparently the, the company whose name I can't remember who, like, owns the, the Dragon Ball franchise uh, is being weird about it. Is it Viz? No. No. No, that's a local, localized. This is a, it's a, Begins with an S. It's a Japanese name. It's it's whoever, whoever company over there owns the the actual like rights to the characters and the property and everything. They're apparently um, they're apparently not being very nice about it. And it's, it's starting that to, sucks. It's starting to impact the the life of the, the you know the the competitive life of the game. And some people that play it professionally are sort of saying like I don't know if I can keep. Yeah, just if I'm putting my time in into it, it yeah. if I'm not going to be able to go win money playing it. so That really sucks, but also Bandai Namco should have had that stuff locked down. Like, Shueisa. That's, yeah, yeah, that, that should have been locked down long ago with the manga company. Like, that's I, don't think they have any, I don't think they have any control over it. But you, you sign it into the contract when you make the deal for the game. Yeah, well, you'd think, but like... That's what I'm saying. Bandai Namco screwed up. You should, like you should be negotiating tournament rights in your yeah, your especially in 2019. Hell game, yeah, probably. especially for a fighting game. All right, let's get to some. They questions. might have just never thought that that would be an issue. It could be. You know? They they maybe never. It's like why it do you be. think you're licensing a fighting game then? Right. Like clearly, you had to talk to those people to license this game. Yeah. What do you think we're gonna do with yeah. it? exactly. We're gonna have people compete at the game. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get to some questions. Get them into the chat. W. Matthew always gets a question answered, and tonight is no different. Uh, given we are heading into the last 18 months of this gen, uh, The Last of Us Part 2... That's a bold statement. Uh, yeah. The Last of Us 2 and Cyberpunk being cross-gen at a minimum, what is your game of the generation? Mine is near Automata. Or no, Onomata. Automata. He's, he wrote Onomata. Well, that's the, not, think, the, that's not the name of the game. Maybe you just mistyped it. Um, wow. Nier is your game of the gen, huh? Uh, that's tough. Do we include Wii U in that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Last of Us 2 Cyberpunk, I mean, who knows? Presumably I will play Last of Us 2 and Cyberpunk on next-gen systems. Yeah, probably. Um, my game of the generation is Witcher 3. Like, there's nothing else I've spent more time... Maybe almost No Man's Sky, but like Witcher Three, I played three times. Like I still love it. It's got some of the best DLC content ever put on anything. Um, it's great. So mm. Witcher Three is is my pick for that. Uh, barring, I don't know, amazing things happening in the next. You know, I think we got two years left here. Yeah, eighteen months might be a little bit short. I think he's just that's just wishful thinking. Yeah, <laughs> he just wants it to be eighteen months. Oh, uh, man, I don't know if I can just pick that off the cuff. Um, off the top of my head, God of War, but I think if I really thought about it, I'd probably come up with something else. But I don't think that's a bad choice. But 
Um, let's see, The Legacy. Has there been a game where the gameplay is good, but you stop playing because the story cutscenes were so bad? Or I, I think that's what we just talked about with, mm. <laughs> with Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, we'll see if I make it to the end. Uh, I might. Uh, it's a pretty big game, though. It sounds like it's like 30-some hours long or something. Yeah. So we'll see. If they can keep the pace going the way it is now, I'll make it to the end. But if it gets bogged down in like hour-long cutscenes, I'll probably fade. So I think Kingdom Hearts 3 is a great example of that already. Hmm. Um, the vice versa part of it, though. Like something that had bad gameplay, but the story kept you going? Yeah. That'll never work with me. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's <laughs> that for thing. me is a non-starter. If a game, it's just not gonna happen. If it, like, I mean, like I mean, maybe I like, a, like a Telltale game. Uh, I mean, what about every Grasshopper game ever made? Sorta. That's yeah. not even really story. I mean, like, like that's more like aesthetics. Deadly Premonition. Yeah. Like that game was terrible to play, but like I couldn't wait to see what the hell it did next. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of Suda's games are like that. Like they're really not yeah. that great to play, but you just kind of can't wait to see what's around the corner. Yeah, I would. I would say that's pretty true. Yeah, I mean, although with Suda's games, it's less the story and more the characters, but it's still kind of the same thing. Yeah, Killer Seven, like, was not yeah. a great game to play, but yeah. it was so interesting. I didn't even like, understand what I was doing half the time yeah. when I was playing that game, but <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I just want to see what happens next. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Swery is a good example of that too. Yeah, that's true. Oh, a uh, game that I kept playing because the gameplay was so good, even though the story was terrible, Bayonetta. Mm. I find the story and everything in Bayonetta like to be... Actually, it's a lot like Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I find it to be absolutely <laughs> mortifyingly embarrassing. Like, I would never play that game with someone else in the room who didn't already know what video games were, kind of on a, yeah. on a level of... A, like, like if like, I, I would never want to have to explain Bayonetta to somebody. But the game, like, the fighting is so good that I just kept going and tried to ignore the fact that I couldn't stand anything else that was happening in that game. I think that's a good choice. Um, Justin Horman, what's the last time you guys shopped for a game at GameStop? If they happen to go away, do you think it would affect you? Ooh. For those of you who don't know, by the way, GameStop is in, like, major crap. Like, someone yeah. was going to buy them, they bailed, and today it's stock, like... Well, fell like 30 percent well, or something what was the uh it was a meme on twitter that was basically saying like you know the headline was like you know gamestop realizes they can't sell to this the buyer and it was like gamestop realizes they're only worth three dollars and two cents i was like yep hey they earned that one man um <laughs> the last time i went to a gamestop i went to buy the uh exclusive ship for starlink the time before that i don't remember I went into a GameStop over the holidays because I thought I was going to buy a game for my younger brother. And then it turned out that he did not want a game at all. And he texted me while I was in there, so I just walked out. <laughs> so the time before that was when I bought my PlayStation VR. Hmm. And would I care if it went away? Nope. No, I would not. I don't have fond me like I have fond memories of EB Games. Back I have fond memories, yeah. EB Games, Software, etc., yep. Funko Land. All those. Uh, I had good memories. Yeah. But... GameStop? Babbage's. Yeah, Babbage's. Yeah. GameStop? I have no good memories no. of GameStop. GameStop's just the shitty company that took all those over. All those over. All yeah. the good ma and pa stores away from us, yeah. basically. Yeah, so good riddance, honestly. I mean, I don't feel good about the number of people who are going to, you know, probably people, people who are into the same things I am that have jobs there are going to yeah. lose their jobs over it because of the they were for a horribly mismanaged company. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it's not. it would not affect me personally in terms of my shopping or daily you know store habits or anything i haven't been there to buy anything intentionally for years um apparently something broke news always breaks when we do this show yeah. always 
Um, Vincent just asked, are you encouraged or discouraged by Quantic Dream going multi-platform? Oh, yeah. They got uh, that Chinese company's investing in them. I did. Um, I didn't know the story. I saw it on Sifted before you got here. Uh, I must have been in transit. You, you, were, you, were, you were driving. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a this Chinese company. The, I can't remember the name is investing in them now, and and they said that they're probably going to be multi-platform next. Encouraged? How could sure. you ever be discouraged by that? Yeah, I mean, more, I mean, more people get to play their games. I mean, the flip side of that is they're inflicting their games on more people. <laughs> but um, it's never you know, for a company just in general. I mean, Quantic Dream it's is good. one of my least liked game developers, but. For them, from their perspective, it's never a bad thing to get your game out to more eyes, you know? This question, though, is, is interesting because that's something a fanboy would say. Mm-hmm. And I'm not calling Vincent a fanboy, but I'm saying this is the type of question a fanboy would ask because they, a fanboy would be discouraged if a developer that formerly only made games for their favorite console mm-hmm. started releasing those games for another console. I don't care. Right. Uh, all I care about is the company, and if it will keep making the games, which means, yes, it, it probably will because it'll have more people to sell games to. Uh, so I care about that. I don't really care about whether a developer is exclusive to a console at all. No. Zero care. All that says to me is that maybe Sony, Sony finally wised up and realized it's not wise to throw money in that pit anymore. Yeah. It's like if you asked me if, like, we, if it broke that Retro Studios was multi-platform while I was on the way here, and you asked right. if... I cared if Retro was making games for PS4 or Xbox One. No, I don't. That's, that would be awesome if everybody got to play Retro's games. Like, yeah, that has no effect on me at all. Uh, Wolfox10JC, nice sweater, Matt. Got it out of the Mass Effect loot crate many years ago. Yep. Um, so I think it's the only thing I kept from that, other than the N7 shot glasses. Uh, Majora Tom 91 why do you think we've, we've seen less and less big budget games do anything that really advances in game physics much like graphics and storytelling have um, are we seeing less inter- I think it, yeah you, you, quantity. I mean, you mean less in terms of like things that advance physics usage is what he's saying yeah I because I for the most part I think that's a personal like dev to dev choice of how, how you want to tweak that because you, your physics well that you can use like kind of universal models your physics are mostly going to reflect what you want your game to do is he talking about yeah that's what i'm confused by is he talking about games that are specifically designed to allow the player to mess around with the physics no i think he's talking about physics in a game and how that whether they're believable or realistic or i think they're more like, realistic now than they've ever been they are but like it used to be a big deal when you know, when physics of some kind, like a, a leap was made, like Max yeah. Payne 2 right. or uh, PsyOps. I think or they've just got, like they're just, I they've think they're got pretty it. much there. They've nailed yeah. it. Yeah, and there's nothing else that they can improve, really. Unless I mean, they the, want to the, make a game the main that's th- based solely around like gravity or something. The main something. thing they, they can improve and can always be improved in terms of physics is friction between objects and um, how the weight of an object impacts its. Movement and how it interacts with other things and, how, and and kind of the friction of that object against other objects in the environment. That's true. Um, that's that's a hard thing to balance. That's a that's a very expensive thing to do in terms of like processor power. I will. I actually didn't get around to mentioning it when we talked about it. But Resident Evil Two, like the falling zombie bodies, 
excellent. Yeah, they like, are pretty good. They stack on top of each other properly. They lean against objects properly. They, they fall over on desks and lay there the right way. Like Yeah, I shot a zombie. Like, they're all, it, all of that stuff is very impressive in he that game. He rolled in a way down that, the stairs, and then there was another zombie coming up the stairs, and it like stopped and like staggered, mm-hmm. and then had to walk around the zombie and continue up the stairs. So. Yeah, I've had, I've like dropped them on top of each other, and they lay on top of each other properly, and then like one on the bottom tries to get up, and they're all moving around. Like uh, Resident Evil 2, very impressive physics, and yeah. I didn't think I'd Never ever say that, that about that game. But like, I, I was, yeah. a, like you said, satisfying. Things are satisfying in that game. Majora Thomas saying NetEase is the company that's investing in NetEase. Quantic Dream. Okay. NetEase is huge, by yeah. the way. It's like NetEase and Ten Cents, or your Ten Cent, or yep. your. Uh, it's one of the other giant ones. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for the questions for tonight. You guys don't have a ton of them for us. Surprised after the big games. We uh, about. Jo- Joaquin Dragon Dragoon asks, uh, any games you felt were worth the wait? How many years max is it worth to wait for something? Depends on how good it is. Yeah. I mean, you could say that it was worth waiting 21 years for Resident Evil 2 to get remastered. Yeah, that <laughs> uh, was worth the wait. Um, it was worth the wait for RE4 after they scrapped the first yeah, version that of was it. Yeah, that was actually, it was a long wait. That's yeah. right. I remember I played that I played that at a Vegas like Capcom event a year before it came out and I remember coming back cuz I was the only one that went to that for some reason yeah. I came back and everyone's like how was Resident Evil I'm like it's fucking amazing like, <laughs> yeah. and everyone's like mm, you sure yeah it's Resident Evil and I was like same thing happened when we got the review code and I went home yeah. and came back after the weekend and I walked yeah. in and people were like so and I was like same thing happened. And I remember Blair being like, a good oh my god? Really? Or a yeah, yeah. bad oh my god? Same thing happened. It was happened, like a very uh, good oh my god. Same thing happened with Arkham Asylum. Yeah. When uh, yeah. Sessler, that came in, Sessler took it home, came back the next day, and I'm like, well, how is it? Because I was expecting it to be another sort of, I was just hoping it was going to not be like horrible. And he's like, this is like one of the best games I've played all year. And I'm like, what? It's a Batman <laughs> game. What are you talking about? There had like, never like, been really? a good Batman game. No, it, was, it was one of those things where, what? In terms of something I waited forever for, God. I mean, let's see how Psychonauts 2 turns out. Yeah. Um, Crackdown 3, gonna be worth every minute. <laughs> oh, boy. Ace Combat 7. That was worth it for you. Yeah, I waited 12 years for that or 11 years for that. I think in general, most of the games that take a long time to show up, end up being pretty good. Yeah, I mean... Otherwise, it would have been canned across all that time unless, permanently. Unless Square made it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I still like Final Fantasy XV. I, I do I didn't not. think it was terrible, but... That's that was that's still my pick for worst game of that year. I hated it. <laughs> I hear it's better now, but I will never know. Yeah. All right, that's it. We're going to wrap Tabata up. Tabata should not have been fired, though. I'd he, agree with he that. He did his job. It sold huge. Yep, I'd agree with that. And yet Nomura keeps getting these weird projects where he gets to take six years (laughs) to make basic games. Put him back in the basement and let him draw buckles for another ten years. (laughs) All right, that's going to do it it. for episode 155. Uh, A note to all y'all. We've revived a couple series on Sifted. We just put up new episodes of The Big Six today. uh, And that went out across Sifted, Patreon, and YouTube all at once. So YouTube folks are going to get that as soon as we get it done. Uh, We're also bringing back new games this week. Uh, an episode of Dossier went up today that Vincent cut. Vincent cut together Dossier. He did an amazing job on it. Uh, so the content's been rolling out this week. It's going to stay that way. Um, it's looking like uh, Big Six new, game this, uh, new Games this week is something you're going to be able to count on every week. It's like you're going to be able to count on <laughs> Dossier every month. Um, so, yeah, things are rolling yep. pretty good on Sifted. Over the next couple days, you're going to see our Patreon transform. I know you guys are probably wondering, like, what's going on with that after the summit. 
I've just been busting butt for the last like four or five days straight. I think you can probably see it with all the content on the site. But anyway, the next three days leading up to February 1st uh, are going to be big, big change days on our Patreon. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, what's next Tuesday? Is it the 5th? Yeah. That's my birthday. Yeah. We may not do a show <laughs> Tuesday next week. Danny Endurance also asks, are you ready for Tom Brady to win? Mm. Now you need to ask Sam that. He's a Patriot. <laughs> there you go. Sam's ready. He's enough Patriots fans for all of us. I'm betting on the Rams. I'll put it to you that way. Perfectly legally, by the way. I'm not going to bet. Are you betting on them because you want them to win or betting on them because you think they're going to win? Both. Okay. Yeah, both. Um, it's been over two this playoff so far. <laughs> Have I? You bet on the Chargers. You bet on the uh, Chiefs. I bet on a lot more than that. You just said the two that I was wrong on. <laughs> uh, so, Very Patriots of you. <laughs> so anyway, uh, thanks for everybody who was on the stream, watching live. I really appreciate it. We're trying to get our uh, live game streaming up and going, but you folks need to turn out. I did a Resident Evil 2 stream on Sunday night, and there weren't many of you. So all you folks saying we need to stream more, when we stream, you better show up, or we're not going to keep doing it. There's just no point. So You're channeling your Michael Pactor. <laughs> No, now I'm going to channel my Michael Pactor. <laughs> Folks on YouTube, if you're watching this and you can't afford to contribute to our Patreon, even a dollar a month would be flipping awesome. Everything makes a difference for us. If you can't do that, please uh, help us out via Twitch Prime. Instructions are down below in the description. It's very easy. It takes three minutes your first time. Every time after that, literally like five seconds. Really would appreciate it. But please consider just giving us a dollar a month if you're getting entertainment out of us uh, on YouTube. That would be absolutely awesome. So on behalf of Matt... And Sam, who's going to be crying come Sunday night, Game Face is up and out.